On this episode of Geek Out Loud, we are doing uh, part one of two parts Geek Out Loud for the Cure Childhood Cancer Marathon. Head over to geekoutonline.com slash cure and help us meet our goal of $3,000 on your safe place to geek out. again everyone and welcome to geek out loud your safe place to geek out on the internet and uh, my name is steve glosson so glad to be along with everyone for the cure childhood cancer marathon uh we're live at mixer.com slash goaliverse and i want to thank everyone who's stepped in to help out already today we've had buck thompson uh, with the Big Honkin' Show, Derek and Sheena with Round 3. We've got another friend sitting in about to bring on uh, not too long from now. Uh, expecting a call in uh, a few minutes, any any moment now. And, of course, uh, Mark All from Alabama, who has put up a gold medallion Captain Phasma trading card from the Force Awakens trading card set. Uh, number 2 of 50. It's Mark number 2 of 50 uh, of these made. Uh, you can get to that auction today by going to geekoutonline.com slash cure auction. It is a rare and valuable card, and because he's giving uh, 75% of what is made to uh, the cure, he started it because it's for charity, basically. He's kind of started at a high um, at a high starting bid, but that's fine. That's great. It's, it's a huge deal. Right now at geekoutonline.com slash cure, we're at $825 donated. This is now not quite four hours into the marathon today. And we're almost a third of the way there, 28% uh, to our goal, which is huge. That's a big deal, guys. And um, and we are, we're, we're marching toward that $3,000 goal. We've got a long way to go. We've got Mark Out Loud coming. We've got Rock Out Loud coming. We've got more Geek Out Loud coming. Huge past the corn stuff happening. Later on this afternoon, you want to be around for that. It's going to be a good time with Eris Chernovice and uh, several guests. So, uh, Disney Vault Talk was on. It was on the rocks, guys. Disney Vault Talk seemed like it wasn't going to happen. And being the superhero that she is, Teresa Delgado said, "No, no, life, you will not defeat me. We are Disney Vault talking with the best of them." So, Disney Vault Talk happens tonight, and then we'll swing all the way back around. And take your calls and your comments, and we'll have some good times together. Uh, want to thank Scott Rifen for some liners. Jimmy and Georgia, the, he didn't know this, but these liners are from last year's, and it's still still applicable to this year. Not Jimmy and uh, Jimmy and Georgia making some new um, commercials. Uh, the the Walmart commercials for the Big Honkin' Show. Daniel and India sent a commercial that we haven't thrown in there yet, so um, it's uh, it's great time. But uh, thank you, thanks to everyone. Scott Rifen. Uh, for the liners, uh, different people doing all kinds of different things, and we just greatly, greatly appreciate it as we work toward uh, this $825. We're there at $825 as we work toward this $3,000 goal for uh, Cure Childhood Cancer. We're going for double our goal last year, guys. I know it's huge. I know it's daunting, 
but we're we're headed down that path and we're going to make it happen. We're going to make it happen, Captain. So, um, <clears throat> real quickly, uh, this will probably get uh, get uh, cut out. But uh, remember, we're live in the chat, guys. Remember to treat each other with respect. Um, have a good time. Have fun, of course. We're so glad to have so many of you along. But don't be creepy. Don't be jerks. And uh, just understand that we're we're just here having a good time together. Some of us are snowed in. Some people are iced in. And um, hope you're enjoying your day wherever you are. And hope your power stays on. I hope you have plenty of bread and milk for all of your milk sandwich needs. Because that is important. Um, all right, man. Uh, let's do this here. I'm going to... Uh, Bring him in. Let's. Oh, I'm so excited right now, guys. Uh, we're going to bring him in. We're going to see if we can pull him up here. Hello. Oh my goodness, ladies and gentlemen, joining the Goliverse Cure Childhood Cancer Marathon today, uh, and and I mean in a last minute edition, out of the goodness of his heart. <laughs> Come on, James Arnold Taylor. How are you, sir? I am wonderful, and I'm even better now that I'm talking to you, Steve Gloss. And what is going on, my friend? Man, we're just uh, trying to raise money. Uh, we're trying to raise money for Cure, uh, CureChildhoodCancer.org, and uh, we are almost a third of the way to our goal, and we've been doing this for about four hours now. I think that is fantastic, and I will certainly donate myself because I'm not just going to get on the line and just talk to you and then not make a contribution. I will make a contribution as well. Okay. And- and how easy is it for people to make a contribution? It's super easy. You just go to geekoutonline.com slash cure. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and there's a first, what's called first giving page set up. And uh, you just uh, click donate and get your, put your information in and, and do it up. Okay. And I don't say that to go, oh, aren't I wonderful? I say that because I want to encourage everybody else to do the same thing. It's that easy. It's going to take that much of your time today and just do it because – Boy, I don't know if anybody has ever spent any time in any uh, children's hospitals or any place where you are seeing children that are suffering from this this just lousy, lousy thing, cancer. And it breaks your heart, but it also is so inspiring to see the families that come together and pull together. And that's why this is so important to raise funds for them because most of these people are doing this on their own and they're losing so much and they're having to, to put give up so much just to help pay the bills and keep up so that's why it's so important to do it so uh god bless you for doing it steve i think it's fantastic and i hope you raise a ton well uh we did it last year we we'd set a goal of 1500 last year okay and uh we raised a little over 1600 dollars last year that's fantastic and uh so we just said let's double up and let's set our goal at uh 3000 this year 3000 awesome and try to you make it, it so uh Pulse is strong with you my friend well, i know you can do it i hope so we've got a great listening audience and, and a lot of good generous people out there who uh who who chime in now you you brought this up and i, I hate to go too serious so quickly but you know we're, here we are i'm sure you've had to make maybe some phone calls here and there before uh, uh- Phone calls, yes. Like to kids? and, and As, Yes, absolutely. And I, I was very fortunate. I went and got to visit last year uh, St. Jude's Children's Hospital, and uh, it was fantastic to do that and to uh, meet children and, and do messages and see their eyes brighten up. I, I performed my stage show there, actually. They oh, had wow. a wonderful uh, auditorium, and I did my show. And uh, just had a great time. But, yeah, there is uh, many times where I've had to make phone calls as Obi-Wan, you know, uh, mm-hmm. or, or Johnny Test. Uh, kids love Johnny Test. So, you know, it's always cool to get a call from Johnny Test. So there you go. Yeah. But, 
Um, so, so that's got to be the most as as sad as it can be. It's also got to be one of the most rewarding things in the world. Yeah, um, to make somebody that's not feeling good maybe uh, feel a little better for even a moment and smile for a little bit and forget their troubles for a bit. That's always the best. And that's why I'm an entertainer, because that's really what I've always wanted to do mm-hmm. is make people laugh, make them uh, be able to have a little escape from whatever it is they're going to, because that's how it was for me as a kid. I, I grew up in a in a, a home that was very um, difficult to live in. And I know that the escape for me was cartoons and movies and all of those things. And so I'm blessed to be able to do the same thing now. And so I love it. What What were you know, to kind of start going down this path a little bit, what were yeah. some of your favorite cartoons growing up as a kid? What, what, well, what era was that? Uh, well, okay. So I, uh, I'm a child of the seventies and eighties. Mm-hmm. I was uh, born in 1969. I'm 46 years old. Boy, he's old. And, uh, I used to be the young guy. How did I get so old? I'm catching anyway. up with you, man. <laughs> It'll never happen. But, uh, <laughs> So I grew up, you know, really watching so many wonderful cartoons. But the thing is, is I say this to people all the time. If I really, truly want to laugh wholeheartedly, laugh out loud and geek out loud myself, I will put on Warner Brothers, Looney Tunes, uh, you know, Bugs Bunny, Daffy yeah. Duck. Yeah. One of my favorites is Charlie Dog. Do you remember Charlie Dog? He was the um, <clears throat> he he came in and bothered uh, Porky Pig. There was a couple episodes he had, and he was, "You ain't got no dog. I ain't got no master." Yeah. <laughs> You know, yeah, that guy just killed me. But um, and I loved Wiley Coyote, which is great because I've got to play Wiley Coyote now in uh, in games and and shows and things. And so that's been pretty good. Wiley Coyote, you are a rabbit, and I shall eat you. You know, it's uh, that, to me. I don't know Mel Blanc and the writers mm-hmm. of all of those cartoons. They were timeless in their writing, uh, really, truly timeless. It's still funny now. I encourage people that haven't really spent a lot of time watching those to watch them. You will crack up. Duck season, rabbit season, oh, duck, duck season. Rabbit season. <laughs> duck season, rabbit season, rabbit season, duck season, fire. <laughs> and hey, it's duck season, and I say fire. And then his beak. Yes. <laughs> just... <laughs> You're despicable. You're despicable, yes. Oh, such a great bit. The, the one is the tagline from Elmer, you know. I'm sorry, fellas, but I'm a veg- vegetarian, you know. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> he's just hunting for sport. Boy, politically correctness was not available no, back then. No, no, there was there was none of that flo- floating around. What uh, The one that always gets me is the opera. Oh, gosh. Would kill that is absolutely one of my absolute favorites. With the glove? Yes. <laughs> Oh, no, 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 not that dude. The, the one where they're actually doing the opera where kill the wabbit, kill yeah, the wabbit. Oh, you kill the wabbit, yeah, kill yeah. the wabbit. That <laughs> oh, is oh awesome. Both of those are just fantastic. Yes, the, yeah. you just mentioned the glove bit, and that is hilarious, where the dude starts turning every shade of blue and purple. Yeah, Bugs Bunny is the conductor, for those of you who haven't seen it, and he has the white gloves on so that you know they can see him, and there's an opera singer up on stage, this big Pavarotti-looking guy, and he holds his hand up really high to hold, sustain a note, oh, and the guy's holding the note, and he, he slips his hand out of the glove, and the glove stays there, and the guy is turning purple, <laughs> holding the note. Oh, it's so good. And it's all Mel Blanc doing that, yes. which is fantastic. Isn't that, that's, that's the thing. I mean, he's got to be... In in the annals of voice actors, I mean, he's got to be like the one that everyone aspires to. You know, I I think that everybody is completely inspired by him in mm-hmm. some way, and I certainly was. But I also really was by Don Messick, and oh, I had yeah. the great 
privilege and honor of working with Don when I was a kid in radio, when I was like 17, 18 mm-hmm. years old. And I got to go to his house because he lived in my hometown of Santa Barbara. He had a home studio in his backyard in wow. the back house. And I went, someday. And I, <laughs> I, after working with him, I had the nerve to look at, you know, as you hear so many different people do this, looked him up in the phone book because he was listed, mm-hmm. called him up and said, you know, I worked with you very briefly, but could I buy you breakfast and could we just talk? And uh, of course he bought me breakfast and we sat down for a couple of hours and he told me stories, uh, so many wonderful stories. You know, he was the original droopy dog and oh. he, he told me this story where he went into audition. They were auditioning for a new droopy dog cartoon and they're playing him this track and they go, do you think you could sound like that? He goes, I think so. That's me, you know, because they nice. didn't know. Oh, wow. And, uh, and then he just, I mean, he just told me tons of stories. Of course he was Scooby-Doo. Mm-hmm. He was boo-boo bear. He was Mr. Ranger. He was Papa Smurf, uh, a fantastic, uh, man. And so he and Mel Blanc really were the workhorses of all that. And of course, Dawes Butler, Paul Fries, they were all mm-hmm. inspirational. June Foray, who is still voicing things. Amazing, amazing voice actress she is. Mm-hmm. Now you want to talk about cartoons that hold up yeah. that are timeless droopy. Is. Hello, Joe. What do you know? <laughs> because you can't, you, you know, and it's like everybody's searching for new storylines and new things to tell. That was so simple. Mm-hmm. It was, he, that guy was driven nuts by Droopy and he was always right there. And it was just hysterical. <laughs> well, and like then they would put him in all these different scenarios like the the Old West and the, yeah. and different, and, and the, you know what? That makes me mad when he would just do that, like so calm and then just, beat up the guy or whatever he was doing and oh that makes me mad yeah <laughs> like oh boy you don't want to tee off droopy dog no no and then his turn in uh roger rabbit yes just the elevator your floor going up sir going down yeah. sir your floor sir uh, oh so good <laughs> so funny he was, he's always been one of the funniest uh characters to me in in cartoons you know i, I yeah because he's a straight man but yes. he's not Right. You know, I mean, it's, it's like he just he does it all with doing absolutely nothing. Yes. That's the, that's the brilliance <laughs> of him. Oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love it. And so, and you know, when I grew up watching um, uh, Super Friends mm-hmm. and uh, Spider-Man and, yeah. and um, Scooby-Doo, of course, there was Scooby-Doo. And I, I never would have dreamed as a kid that I'd get to be. I've been on so many episodes of Scooby-Doo and I've been the guy, you know, and I would have got away with it if it wasn't for you meddling kids. Nice. Yes. Now that. Uh, the best one I got to play was in one of the last ones, Scooby-Doo Mystery Incorporated. Uh, I was Rung Latterton. I was a guy, and I basically did kind of a David Spade, and he was a, a peer to them. He was the same age, and so he said, I would have got away with it if it wasn't for you meddling peers. Nah. And so that was funny. <laughs> you but, meddling peers. <laughs> yes. But uh, so, you know, uh, Scooby-Doo is great. Uh, the Smurfs, I did. I like the Smurfs, mm-hmm. and I just got to do Brainy Smurf. I'm I'm doing his voice for a new attraction in, oh, of wow. all places, Dubai. Oh. And, um, yeah, so uh, I thought that was pretty cool. But uh, um, so I, I got to do Brainy Smurf. Oh, Papa Smurf. That wouldn't work at all. You uh, know, I mean, so it's fun, fun stuff. I mean, the, and you're talking about, at this point, iconic characters. You know, yeah. iconic situations. I, you know, um, and, and because they've been around for so long. Mm-hmm. You know, to step into to step into those must be just absolutely a blast. It is. You know, I I was also the voice of Huckleberry Hound for a few different projects, uh, namely the uh, I think it was the last episode of Johnny Bravo. Mm. Remember the old uh, Johnny yeah. Bravo? Yeah. Uh, 
Bennett doing an amazing job as Johnny Bravo. Well, thank you very much. You know, that whole mm-hmm. thing. I was, uh, I was strapped to Shaquille O'Neal's back. <laughs> Uh, now, by the way, by the way, because of your stature and his stature, this is something that could happen in real life. Yeah, I can't wait. Wait, see, uh, now I'm wait. I okay. It was Johnny Bravo. Maybe Johnny was strapped to Shaquille O'Neal's back. I was strapped to Seth Green's back. I think. Mm. Yeah, it was something like that. And and I was I was um, <clears throat> Huckleberry Hound. Howdy, y'all. Yeah. You know, can I get a what what? You know. But, <laughs> and uh, that was like. Hold on. <laughs> Are you telling me that in that episode, Huckleberry Hound was like using like modern vernacular? Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's great. <laughs> oh. And uh, it's very funny. They have a basketball competition. And so, yeah, it was great. And then I got to do it for some other things. And of course, you know, we, we've not touched on the one that I, I was very blessed to do for, um, gosh, almost 10 years. And that's the voice of Fred Flintstone, oh, yeah. who was one of my biggest ones growing up. And my, my sister, who's my older sister, loved the Flintstones. So when I got that part and got to call her and tell her i'm gonna be fred flintstone that was uh, pretty cool that is amazing dude that's and again like like say iconic and and to step into those shoes is, has got to yeah. be a blast now recently and i actually reached out to you and and, and said I, I think i did maybe just tweeted something about it or, or maybe emailed you or something but uh I, I was able to watch a couple of episodes of guardians of the galaxy yeah and and I kind of, I, it was one of those things in the back of my head, I knew that you were on the show. Yeah. And then I'm hearing Yondu, and I'm like, man, that sounds like something James would do. <laughs> and so, of course, I immediately IMDB, and there you are doing Yondu yes. on Guardians of the Galaxy. And I'm like, well, he could just come hang out in the South with the rest of us. <laughs> Listen to that well, guy. Yondu, yeah, he's a, you know, it's based on what Michael Rooker did in the movie. And so I just, I listen to Michael's voice and I, you know, it really helps when I, uh, when I like an actor or I love an actor's mm-hmm. work and I love Michael Rooker. He's such a great character actor. Yes. Yeah. And, um, and so he's got just such a way about him and there's, there's a bit of Cajun in him, you know, y'all. So, uh, I just put a little of that in there and <laughs> he just has a good time. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> and then he whistles, you know, so I've got mm-hmm. two different whistles on the show. It's that one. And then, the, you know, so mm-hmm. with the arrow, which is pretty fun. And then I get to play Cosmo. Yeah, you, I was going to say you're Cosmo, too. Cosmo, the telepathic cosmonaut dog from Russia. Yes, <laughs> he's uh, he's very good. Yes. And and people who've only seen the movie don't realize, you know, he had a cameo, of course, in, in the Guardians yeah. of the Galaxy movie, but he is, in the comics, he was the leader of the team. Like, he's the yeah. one he's the one sending them place and everything. And like I say, I've only seen one or two episodes of, and so I don't know if he got to that point with the Guardians of the Galaxy on the cartoon yet, but... Um, he's he's in quite a few. Actually, he's in more than Yondu at this point, yeah. and, and he's kind of become a, a favorite. I think everybody loves it. Oh, I love when Cosmo comes on, you know, because he's just so funny, and he says things as they are, you know, mm-hmm. yes. And he's just, he's reading everybody's mind. He never... His mouth doesn't move with that voice. It's right. all telepathic. So he's a very funny character. And the show is written really well. Um, uh, it's just by a great team of writers. Marty Eisenberg comes to mind. He's, he does some great episodes mm-hmm. and uh, just great stuff. So uh, it's a it's a blessing to be on that show indeed. I, I love Guardians of the Galaxy. Well, and another great thing they do with that show is they, they continue the tradition from the movie of having popular music in the yeah. soundtrack. Which is really kind of a first. Yeah. 
about it for for animated shows uh, to be using popular music of the 70s uh and it works it's fun uh so that's pretty cool it's yeah. great that they got the licensing to do it it is amazing I mean, well of course I, you know let's be honest they've got a couple of bucks there though, yeah you, you start throwing that disney money around and things can happen so oh they don't throw that disney money around too much around me but no, no. <laughs> No, they're spending it all on songs for their for their cartoons, James. That's right. James, we'd like to have you uh we'd like to pay you more, but gosh, we really want to have Magic Carpet Ride by Step. Exactly, exactly. And honestly, I mean, I'd have to understand that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I guess. Because they know I'll do it anyway. That's right. So, That's okay. <laughs> okay, you guys have got me. Dang yeah, it. They need to realize Hollywood needs to realize that voice actors, you know. They go, well, if we recognize you, because, you know, we just don't get credit. Like mm-hmm. the new Ratchet and Clank movies coming out, my name's not even on the poster, yeah. uh, and I'm the, the title character. Yeah. But they, they think, oh, we're going to have to pay them all this money. It's like, no, we all actually love doing this. Yeah. Yes, you you do need to pay us, but pay us a good rate, and we'll be fine. You know, we don't need millions and billions of dollars. We're not like, you know, Hollywood celebrities where we need all this uh, A-list money. We just want to be able to work constantly, consistently, and do what we love, which is making great cartoons and fun stuff for people. Well, and as, you know, and and quite frankly, one of the things that really brought you guys to the forefront in, in our community was like the Clone Wars, yeah. you know, and that really raised a lot of awareness, I think, amongst fans of who are these people? And <laughs> as we start to dig into what voice actors do, you realize there's a lot of, you know, there's it is truly voice acting. It's not just sitting down and reading lines in a voice. You are you are no. acting out with with just the tool of your voice. Yeah, uh, everything I has to be acted that out because it really is that. And that's you know, so many people. If I go to parties or whatever, and people find out what I do, it's always that. Oh, so you just kind of sit in a room and, and talk and make funny voices? It's like, no, 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 no. It is so much more than that, and it's it's sometimes it's more acting than you would ever do on camera, mm-hmm. because I mean, again, you know, I'm five foot four, 115 pounds, soaking wet if I'm lucky, and uh, and I'm the voice of Fred Flintstone, you know, right. or I'm the Sunday Fun Day tonight on Fox, you know, that voice you don't expect to come out of me, so. This is a true craft, and you have to know how to use your voice, but you can't just make funny sounds. You have to know how to act. The, the reason why people always go, well, why is it that it's just this small group of people? You know, Great Lyle, Tara Strong, Phil Lamar, Jess Arnell, Paul, Rob Paulson, you know. Uh, giants. Reason? Every single one of those names you just named, Giants. Know, Michael the- Richardson, all these, why is it always all the same people? D. Bradley Baker. Well, it's because all of them are amazing at their craft. Mm-hmm. They know how to look at a script literally as they're – about to record it and make it sound natural and just like it's coming out of their mouth, acted for the first time, cold reading that. And what I mean by cold reading is that you've never seen the script before. You've never seen the words put together like that. Uh, You know, I've said it before, probably on your show before, forgive me if I'm repeating myself, but Clone Wars, those scripts, we got them when we got to the studio that day because it was so top secret. So generally, what you hear recorded on the show is the first, second, or third time it ever came out of our mouths. So, you know, it's um, it's that, it's an acquired art. Yeah, it's amazing. You know, and I recently, though, heard, because you were talking about how much fun it is as well. Yep. Uh, I heard an interview with Freddie Prince Jr., Kanan from Star Wars Rebels. Sure. Uh, he was actually talking about professional wrestling on the yeah. interview I heard him. But he, but, he was, but he was asked, do you think you'll go back to on-screen acting? Uh-huh. And he's like, no, I don't think I will. I'm just having such a good time 
doing the voice work, doing the voice acting. Oh, that's great. Yeah, Freddie is such a great guy. You know, um, we had been friends on Twitter for like, you know, the first year of the show without ever even meeting. And then at Star Wars Celebration in Anaheim this summer, I sat down with him and, and the rest of the cast in front of, oh, just 5,000 people sure. and interviewed him. And then afterwards, we got to actually sit and talk because we're, we're very um, kindred spirits, you know, as, as far as just same likes and loves mm-hmm. of things and, and animation and, and stuff. And so it was great to sit and talk to him. But he is one of the most humble, uh, just great guys. You know, he's, <clears throat> he's not used to that whole oh, 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 let me, let me have your autograph. Let me do this. Let me talk to you there. He's just like, I just love doing what I do. So it doesn't surprise me to hear him say that. Uh, he's just a, a wonderful actor and I, I love, I'm so happy for him for the success of, of Rebels for him on that. And, uh, and I wish him nothing but the best. It's, it's been a fun show. They need more Obi-Wan, but it's been a great show. <laughs> Oh, Rebels. doesn't every show need a little more? Every, Obi- every show needs more Obi Wan. Breaking fact, Bad needed all more Obi Wan. This show as Obi Wan Kenobi. <laughs> Breaking um, Bad needed more Obi Wan, James. I mean, come yeah. on. <laughs> Breaking Bad, yes. <laughs> Walter, I must talk to you about your problem. <laughs> yes. Um, use the force, Walter. Use the force. Quit. Don't use the meth. Use the force. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's it. And, you know. Well, the thing about you know rebels, everybody keeps asking me, and it is it is mounting. I mean, I don't know. Uh, on my Twitter, uh, it is daily. People mm-hmm. are like, "When are you going to be on Rebels? When are you?" First off, I can't. I don't have the control. <laughs> You know, <clears throat> Obi-Wan should be on Rebels. Guys, uh, hi, how's it going? Disney, yeah. Look, I want to do a, a 12-part series. Uh, it, it doesn't work mm-hmm. like that. They decide whether or not these things are. Plus, it's Star Wars canon that they're dealing with. Right. And we have to remember that when Rebels happened, Obi-Wan is on Tatooine watching Luke Skywalker. And he can watching him grow up. And he cannot leave there and go fight and risk dying, uh, you know, or being caught by the Empire. He needs to do his job of sitting there and becoming a lonely hermit while he watches this only hope uh, grow up. So, yeah, I, I tend know. to I tend to agree with you. I, I tend to think that there's I, I don't want to say there's no place for Obi Wan, you know, in the present of in the present time of Rebels, but I think that with the return of Ahsoka, uh, Obi Wan's name has been mentioned since then. Yeah, Yoda's in there. You know, Frank Oz voicing Yoda for crying out loud. Who would have thunk that? Yeah, you know, it is uh it's a wild time. <clears throat> I don't know how I I completely feel about all of it mm-hmm. in that the time period that the show takes place as a Star Wars fan, not as a not as an animation fan, right. not as a uh, voice actor, but as a Star Wars fan, I tend to go, "Well, wait a second. You have Kanan and Ezra here." as these two Jedi mm-hmm. during the time when Luke is growing up and Yoda and Obi-Wan are both, you know, off on distant planets uh, because the force is, you know, kind of dormant right now mm-hmm. while the empire is gaining control. And that boy is our only hope, you know, and it, and then no, no, there's these other guys. So it's a little confusing and they they've got a lot of work to do to wrap that up before it actually you know where I'm going with that? I do. I, I completely agree with you. It's been one of my concerns <clears throat> about the show, but I've just completely given myself over to it and been like, <laughs> I'm just loving every minute of, of well, what that, goes on. And, you know, yeah, it's, these things are not for us to worry about. I guess, right. But, well, but. and two, I mean, and you know it because you worked with him. I just look at Dave Filoni. I'm like, he knows what he's doing. Surely he knows what he's doing. Yeah, Dave you know. is is completely well versed in all of it, uh, more than most. He's the also, you know, the thing that people have to remember with Dave Filoni is 
Dave spent, gosh, like eight, almost 10 years of his life with George Lucas. Right. Literally daily sitting down and talking about Star Wars. He's the only guy that has really done that mm-hmm. to that degree. And Clone Wars was the last George Lucas Star Wars. Yep. So he's, yeah, we're in good hands with Dave mm-hmm. Filoni. Dave knows what he's doing and he knows the true essence of what. Star Wars is about. So yeah, yeah you, you know, absolutely right. And so, and so that's kind of what I keep telling myself when I, cause I've had the same concerns, uh, you know, from as a Star Wars fan that you yeah. mentioned. And so I've had, and, and I've even said, and there are other people who listen to me that have emailed and they've, and they've tweeted and they've asked, why don't they just put Dave Filoni in charge of Star Wars altogether over there? And, and I'm like, I don't know, guys. Talk, talk to Pablo, not me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that uh, Dave would probably ask that question. No, I'm just yeah, kidding. Um, yeah. 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 Well, you know, I mean, it's uh, it's it's a whole new business and beast now too. Yeah. You know, with Disney and and you've got so many different things happening, and they've got all these movies going on and such. I would love to see eventually Dave Filoni being asked to direct one of the films. Oh, I mean, honestly, uh, yes. you know, I, I, I what I want, what my thing is, what my words to Disney, if you're listening, and all of them is to say, don't just look at him as an animation. TV director. Mm-hmm. Look at him as a Star Wars director and that he's really a wonderful person for that job. Yeah. Uh, he's overseen more Star Wars truly than anybody has yeah. because he spent, like I say, almost 10 years of his life directing and putting together and telling the story of Star Wars. No one else has done that outside of George Lucas. Right. So that's, right. that's, look at that. Boy, I hope Dave's listening because yeah. boy, am I kissing up. <laughs> Yeah, you're going to get your way back on there as one voice or another, James. It's going to happen. And it wasn't intentional. I'm just being honest. No, just, I, I, so, well, yeah. and that's and you know, and that's something else. And and I pro- should probably say this off air instead of on air. But uh, listening to you on Rebel Force Radio with Jason and Jimmy, yeah, talk about your reaction to the Force Awakens. It really made me feel okay with my reaction to the Force Awakens because you were honest in that you loved it, but there were there was there was there was stuff that you kind of. I can certainly say yes. What I felt like at times is this is the best way to sum it up. I've said this quite a few times now is it kind of felt like the kids got the keys to dad's car yeah. and decided to play. And I, I felt to a degree like the movie is missing uh, George Lucas. I, yeah. I, I missed George's touch on it. And I know people go, oh, please, you see the prequels or whatever. You know, no, 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 no. This is the creator of this. And uh, I felt it. I actually mm-hmm. felt that he wasn't involved by watching it. Right. And, you know, maybe people would say, well, you're too close. You've been involved in it for so long. I don't know. I, I, I was able to put my fan hat on. I had, the, I had the same reaction. You know, I've seen it. A few, I love the movie. Don't get me wrong. Right. But, but I had the same reaction. And, and as much as I love the movie, it's still kind of there with me. And, and so when I heard you kind of utter those sentiments, I'm like, oh, thank goodness. Yeah, and, well, and then the other thing is, is I'm still really not. Uh, spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! If you haven't seen the movie, don't listen for the next five seconds or whatever. Uh, the whole Han thing, yeah, uh, that I just don't feel that that would have been done. And what it does is it ruins, to a degree, my watching four, five, and six from this point. Yeah, on. Yeah, it's hard to sit there and watch them around that Ewok fire. Yeah, and knowing it's going to happen, knowing how it's all going to go down. You know, yeah. so I the, look. I I think that they can pull out. I think they've got some great characters, you know, to follow sure. up and uh, 
and to take over the reins and responsibility. But, you know, you would have liked to seen a little bit more happiness for our characters that we've loved for 30 plus years now. Um, yeah, I, I think it maybe is is going a little too much to like, well, I know Harrison had wanted that and such, mm-hmm. but I, I just I feel like there could have been a, you know, a better way. Again, movies don't need to. I know our times are a changing, mm-hmm. but, uh, <laughs> you know, and we're very serious now. I mean, when you look at, you know, I'm a part of the Screen Actors Guild and I get screeners and I get to watch all mm-hmm. these different movies that are up for the Oscars and the awards and stuff. And every single one of them is based on a true story and really really depressing and i don't know when i was a kid i would go to watch movies so i could get really really encouraged and motivated and inspired and i i kind of hope hollywood pulls away from that and i felt as though some of that is in there on this too you know Mm -hmm. we're, we're updating the characters we're updating the feel we're telling movies the way we tell them now and you know what all of these people were inspired by movies that didn't do that so i kind of have a problem with that but yeah. Well, speaking of being uplifted, I don't know uh, how you feel about these movies. Did you get to see the Creed? Did you see Creed? I haven't seen it yet. I am oh. dying to see this movie. Um, you know, the thing is, is I'm a I'm a huge Sylvester Stallone fan. Mm-hmm. I'm in two movies this year coming out with uh, uh, Sly Stallone. I, of course, I've not worked with him face to face. Yeah. But we have scenes together in both movies, and it's uh, it's wild. But yeah, I've got Ratchet and Clank where he's in it, mm-hmm. and this new movie Animal Crackers where my daughter is actually making her film debut. Oh wow, debut. that's and cool. He, she plays John Krasinski and Emily Blunt's daughter, who is the main. So she's one of the main characters in the movie, wow. which is fantastic. And I play Ian McKellen's brother in it, uh, so oh. that's pretty cool. Wow. Okay. <laughs> but Sly Stallone is in both of them, yeah. and uh, that wasn't just a shameless plug for me. Uh, I love what he does. I love I see that goes back to exactly what I was just saying mm-hmm. when he made Rocky. Yeah. He you know, I mean and then he he beat the odds and he got to star in it and direct it and put it all, you know, write it all that stuff. Yep. Um that's amazing. So I'm I'm really I really want to see Creed. It's great, huh? Well, uh, yeah, I'm going to tell you it's it's my it is my favorite movie of of last year of 2015. Right. That's great. Um, I, just the just the emotions and and the happiness and the joy that I felt because it's such a great it was such a good way of taking and continuing the story in that universe, so to speak. Right. And but passing the baton on. Yeah. You know, to continue. And and Sylvester Stallone is someone. Before I saw it, I had a friend say, "I think Sylvester Stallone deserves an Oscar." Wow. And I kind of scratched. I said, "For for a character he's played for forty years," <laughs> and they're like, "You just go see it." And I can, and I'm walking out of that movie with tears in my eyes, saying, really? "Sylvester Stallone deserves an Oscar." Yeah, it is so wow. good. If you well, have great. yeah, that if you have time great. to see it, you need to. And that's the other thing. I know you stay busy. Do yeah. you have a? How often do you get to consume these things? I mean, it's tricky. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is tricky. And right now, you know, I'm in the process of uh, building a new studio and an art studio and a shooting studio. And we just moved into a new home uh, about four months ago. So yeah. I've been building my home studio where I'm in right now. And I'm actually I'm videoing this. So I'm gonna this some of this is gonna be part of my my vlog that I do oh, uh, nice. tomorrow. It'll go out. But um, so I've been putting all this stuff together and learning all these new things but uh i i do get time i i'm kind of a night owl i stay up and yeah. watch stuff and my wife uh, watches them with her eyelids closed is what she <laughs> says but uh so i i watch some stuff i watched the revenant the other night and yeah. boy it was a powerful movie and really well done beautifully made that was a film again not a not an uplifting film but a movie like right. that i i could see that being made you know 60 years ago not with the technology, but that same story and being compelling. But, uh, 
some of the other ones are just uh, tricky. You know, the, I watched the Steve Jobs one, and I was like, well, this is great. It's beautifully put together. It's, it's great. Everybody's acting is brilliant. But then I go to find that really none of it is true. And I go, oh, yeah. wait a second. <laughs> it's a movie. It's- yeah, but I mean, there's like – None of it happened this way. Mm-hmm. No, that never happened. No, that never happened. No, that yeah. never happened. Well, then what's the point? So uh, Hollywood needs to relax a little, I yeah. think. Yeah. Get it's back that, to it's, it's that Aaron Sorkin dialogue. Do you have an absolute favorite all-time movie? Uh, yeah, I, I I do because of what it represents. Mm-hmm. Um, Raiders of the Lost Ark is my oh. all-time favorite movie. Yeah. Uh, because when I was a kid, I had uh, my best friend. His name was Steph. And he would go away for the summers to see his dad because his parents were divorced like my parents were divorced and he would go up north and and stay with his dad for the whole summer so i was always alone in the summertime and i discovered raiders at that point and i would walk to the or ride my bike to the magic lantern theater which was down the street from me in isla vista which is just a very it's a little college town in santa barbara and uh for two bucks I would sit in the theater all day, watch Raiders of the Lost Ark and whatever was playing with it. And I've seen literally I have literally seen Raiders of the Lost Ark hundreds and hundreds of times. Oh. And I I love that movie. I could play the whole thing in my head right now if I had to. And it was so special. It it created, you know, I mean that's the beauty of like who I am and what I do now. It's it's so great because I'm in this world. I can't believe it sometimes. But because I, I loved that uh film for what it was. Another one <laughs> another one of my favorites though as far as comedy goes mm-hmm. is the movie Arthur with Dudley Moore. Oh. Um, and it's just I know it's so politically incorrect nowadays <laughs> to say that, but because it's about a guy with a drinking problem. Right. But it is by far joke per moment uh so perfectly done. And John Gilgood. So John Gilgood doing comedy is mm-hmm. just Beautiful, brilliant. So I, I love those. Um, I, I have other movies that are my favorites. You know, romantic comedy, uh, if I want to sit and watch something with my wife, Return to Me. I don't know if you've ever seen that. Have no. you ever seen that movie? Mm-mm. David Duchovny and uh, Minnie Driver. And it is – Bonnie Hunt wrote this with Don Lake and it is so good. It, it, you would love this movie because uh, Carol O'Connor was one of his last films. Okay, yeah. Sweet romantic comedy. I don't want to give anything away. It's got tragic moments in it. It's got happy moments in it. It's acted beautifully. It's shot beautifully. Great romantic comedy. Another one like that is uh, one called Little Manhattan. And uh, did you ever see that? No. Boy, man, you you know, been spending too much time watching Rocky. I do. No. <laughs> hey, if there were no Star Wars, Rocky would be my Star Wars, James. That's how much I love those movies. No, uh, Little Manhattan is another great one. And mm-hmm. again, I'm a, I'm a sucker for a good chick flick, I guess. But uh, it's um it's not really that. It's it's like if Woody Allen was a little kid uh, making a movie. It's mm-hmm. it's about two ten year olds, and when the boy first realizes that a girl is cute, oh, he has his first crush. <laughs> and it's set in New York City, and it's beautiful and oh. the music's great the story's great the acting's great uh so you know i'm a sucker for movies like that uh i, I love that stuff our, our live listening audience is really putting over return to me there okay yeah oh, i yeah. love yeah like uh, uh jennifer in the chat says i like return to me and i do not like girl movies so <laughs> okay so yeah. there you go because so it's not it's really not and david duchovny is kind of the anti-hero and he's so good in it and uh, it's great but mm-hmm. uh yeah those are some of our favorites as far as like drama you know, one, one that uh, always captured my wife and I was Reversal of Fortune with Jeremy Irons, who won the Oscar for it, and Glenn Close telling the story of Klaus von Bülow. It's a true story. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it is fantastic. Uh, really good filmmaking. Um, classic stuff. I love 12 Angry Men. I love those oh. kind of, you know, like Twilight Zone type things. Yes. Where it's like, 
here's a situation, here's a moment in time, and this is what happens. Uh, to me, that's great film stuff. You know, yeah. I, I love that. <clears throat> that 12 Angry Men we had to watch in high school, I think, one time. And, yeah. and I didn't know why at the time, why we were watching it, but I just know that as I was watching I'm like, how is it that these people sitting around a table talking is this compelling? Yeah, you that's know? the thing. So if you really want to know, if people, you know, they're listening, they're like, oh, I'm a young filmmaker. I want to know, well, how do you get into business? How do you do this? You got to study this stuff because there's so much to it. Citizen Kane is not just one of those ones where you go, oh, well, Citizen Kane is uh, brilliant. It is brilliant. It is unlike anything that was ever done before. There's one called uh, Sullivan's Travels, which is a, a brilliant movie. You watch it and you'd swear it was made recently and it was made in like 1930 1940 Mm -hmm. and it tells the tale of a filmmaker who is um who kind of loses his way and decides to get out of hollywood and becomes like a a, a, he dresses up as a hobo and then you know it's as they called him back then that's fine (laughs) uh, it's pretty great uh and then um another one you know which reminds me of that because it was mentioned in this movie uh in the 80s a movie called grand canyon lawrence kasdan's grand canyon Anybody that ever wants to live in Los Angeles or has lived in Los Angeles, you got to see Grand Canyon with Kevin Klein, Steve Martin. Uh, it is so good, and it is such a real look at what just day to day craziness. Danny Glover's in it, brilliant in it, uh, fantastic, fantastic stuff. I mean, you just mentioned three greats there, especially with Steve Martin thrown in there, Kevin Klein, Danny yeah. Glover. Uh- they, you know, oh God, Emperor's Club is another one of my favorites with Kevin Klein. Yep. You know, it's kind of the anti Dead Poet Society. Yes. Uh, but it is brilliant. Uh, it's wonderful. I loved it. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I love talking about movies. I could, I'm sorry. I'm just going on and no, on. No, it's could, fine. It's great, man. I, that's what, that's what Geek Out Loud's about, James. Yeah. Yeah. You know? No, absolutely. We, you know, I mean, and I know I'm not mentioning a lot of the uh, superhero ones and stuff. It's, it's so no, weird to fine. think that as a kid, I would have been insane for the fact that there's this many superhero movies. Right. And the truth is, is now at this age, I'm like, I can't keep up with them. No. I, I, you know, I haven't seen the second Avengers movie yet. Yeah. I haven't seen it. I know. Crazy. Um, and so, you know, I, I just, I watched, this is, people are going to cringe. I watched Spider-Man two on an airplane, you mm-hmm. know, because it was, but it was on a, it was, it was a really big screen. It was nice. Okay. But uh, <laughs> well, the, the amazing Spider-Man two is not, it is so hit and miss with it, everything. Yeah. I was a little disappointed. I'll be honest. I was disappointed. I did the, um, the voiceover for right. it, uh, as Andrew Garfield, I did his, mm-hmm. uh, his stuff in the trailer, but, um, but yeah, yeah, it was fine. It the, was fine. Uh, the last shot, though, with the kid, the whole scene with the kid facing down Rhino and his little Spider-Man, and then, and yeah. then he actually—that was like, okay, I'll. That was great. Yeah, no, there's there's great moments in it. You know. Did you see? I, have you gotten to see Ant-Man yet? No, James, that's what I'm saving. I got to yeah. see it. I really want to see. I will. It. I will tell you this before you worry about seeing Avengers two. Watch Ant-Man. Okay. It has so much heart, and it's funny, and it's a Paul Rudd. It's, come on. Yeah, it's Paul Rudd. It's a heist movie more than a superhero movie. Oh, I love heist movies. Yeah, I really do. There's some great ones, and uh, but you know, Paul Rudd reminds me of I Love You, Man. That movie is also one of my more contemporary comedies. Mm-hmm. I love that movie. Yeah, because uh, it's just funny and uh, well done. He and, did. He did a movie with Amy Poehler. Called they came together. They came together. I, I have not seen that oh yet. Is my it good? Gosh, James, it is such. It is a brilliant send up okay. of the romantic comedies. It's like okay, good. I'll watch it then because it's on my. It's in my queue, you know, on Netflix, and I haven't watched it yet. It is. So. It's absurdly funny. Okay. Uh, because because it starts out. I, I don't. I won't ruin it for you, but it starts out with with them with uh, Polar and Rudd sitting with Bill Hader, and I forget who's playing his wife. 
Uh-huh. And they're telling the how did we meet stories. Uh, and yes. so and so Rudd starts out, he's like, well, we're like one of those romantic comedies that you see. And he's <laughs> like, well, how do you mean? He's like, well, everything's just came together. And, and he's like, and there's, in this story, there's three characters, me, yeah. her, and New York City. <laughs> and so they cut to like the overhead shot of New York, like all the romantic, and like everything is just, uh, it's a send up without being, you know how Mel Brooks would do yes. movies yes. in and, a different way. Yeah, yeah. It's it's definitely a send up, but it's not a it's not a National Lampoon kind of send up or Mel Brooks. It's so subtle. Okay, well, and, I gotta watch it because I appreciate that. See, the thing that that's the thing about Hollywood now is like when people don't get it and try to change because you know there's no new ideas, but you can do things differently. Mm-hmm. And if they're doing it differently and telling it more contemporary in a way that works but isn't over the top, I love that. Like, I love uh, you know the um, Hot Fuzz and Shaun of the Dead yeah, and all those yeah. films because of the way they they make films completely different than anybody else and it's so good you know mm-hmm. uh, i know the content is very you know <laughs> be kind of heavy but uh i love the way they make the movies so that's great I, it's good to know i will i will watch it yeah it's i felt i felt like it was done rather intelligently very smart and and my friend Derek and i just sat there and laughed through the whole thing because oh, of, because of the absurdity of some moments of it yeah okay so, good um, good but yeah, I listen. We talk about movies. We uh, Eric Chernovice from Del Rey uh-huh. comes on at least once a month, and we do what we call "Pass the Corn," oh. where meaning popcorn, where we yeah, just yeah. talk about the movies that are coming out, you know, uh, in the in the next month, and right. we'll look back on movies that have like particular anniversaries, like a twentieth anniversary or a twenty fifth anniversary, and we'll just it, they're not necessarily genre films per se. Right. We just focus on everything and, and what we love, and so, yeah, yeah. You don't have to talk just super. When you start going down the movie t- movie uh, movie road on Geek Out yeah. Loud, you don't have to stick with the genre stuff. So okay, yeah, well, good. I mean, you know, because again, I, I love them. I I really do. Um, you know, even the Thor movies. I was like, oh, I don't know. I was I was never a huge Thor fan, but I thought they were great. Yeah. And they were fun, and um, but uh, I, it's it's funny the struggle between Marvel and DC. You know, I'm. We've talked about this before. Yeah. You know, I was I loved it both. Yeah. I really did. Right. I didn't have a favorite. Um, and uh, but the Flash was my kind of my go-to character, and I've got to voice him in so many things. I'm, nice. I'm the voice of Lego Flash now, which is great. Oh, cool. And, and we've done a lot of different movies lately. A lot of Lego, mm-hmm. DC Lego movies have been coming out, and I'm having fun doing that. And it's fun because it's basically my regular voice. I just, you know, I'm a little bit more animated and he talks really fast and everything because he's a flash and, you know, that's of course what he would do. So, uh, it's, it's a lot of fun. And then I've been Lego Spider-Man. I've yeah. been Silver Surfer and Magneto and all these great characters. Magneto's one because again, I love it because it's a very, it's a voice you wouldn't expect to come out of me. You know, Magneto, I shall destroy you humans. <laughs> and it's fun to do, but it's, uh, it's, it goes back to the voiceover stuff. You know, I when I think of all of the characters, I forget that they make live action movies about them all now. Too. Right. <laughs> right. right. Animated. You have know? you have you watched the Flash TV show? I have. Yeah, I, I think it's really well done. And, I, you know, of course, I love what Mark Hamill's been doing. Yes. And it's uh, really uh, neat that mm-hmm. they did that, that they brought him back and and then, uh, you know, modernized it and and. It's just great. I, you know, and to go off on a tangent, I couldn't be more happy for Mark Hamill because here's a guy that all these years has been, you know, as a kid, he was one of my heroes. And then I get to meet him and work with him as a voice actor. And he was one of my heroes in mm-hmm. voice. And then 
I get to call him a friend and yeah. then I get to interview him and then it goes to the world of Star Wars and then we have this relationship there on all these fronts. And you see this person that I'm so glad everybody's going, no, he, this is this is important, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. Luke Skywalker and what he did and how he changed our lives with his role. It's important. And now we're going to lift him up in these. Uh, so I'm so happy for him. And yeah. I'm really happy. For him. The, uh, well, I've told you that, you know, if you guys ever get tired of doing what you're doing, just go on stage together anywhere i mean you you guys have such a great chemistry when you're together i don't want to keep you too much longer because i know you've got stuff to do but tell us about jat show what are your plans for this i I saw the uh i I saw the video where you where you were showing off your studio space that you're doing going to be doing some art and some recording in what 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 are your plans for the old jat show thanks steve um yeah i am you know i'm trying to kind of figure it all out as i go what i really want to do is i'm i'm intrigued by all the folks that are doing all this vlogging and mm-hmm. stuff uh, and i i think that it's really neat and you know the biggest thing is is as a voice actor people don't either they don't understand it or they don't know about it or they want to know more so i thought well i need to take people behind the scenes of what i do on a regular basis but also i'm a performer i'm an entertainer i'm a host i'm a comedy writer and i want to put all of that in too so i want to give my guests that will primarily be voice actors and such and people that I know in show business, a chance to do different things and not just go on and talk about their careers, but maybe go on and perform a little. So almost like Saturday Night Live meets, you know, uh, a podcast in that I'll probably put them to task and put them in some bits and things that we do throughout the show as well. And so they're getting to perform. They're getting to show people what they can do. But also when we do our interviews, it's going to be set up to look like a sound studio. So they're on a really good microphone. And if they want to go, well, you know, I did this bit and they can get on the mic and they can get really intimate and they can do the inner world, you know, they can do the big (laughs) voice or they can get crazy. So that's what it'll be on the guest side. But Mm -hmm. on the other side, on the times when I don't have a guest, I'm going to interview myself because my show is called Talk talking to myself, my interview show, right. my uh, stage show. So I'll interview me, I'll do bits with myself, you know, doing different voices and things and show people how I do that. So hopefully it's just kind of opening the the curtain a little and letting people see what it's all about and uh, being entertained by it, God willing. Plus I'm going to take uh, people's questions and things people have been submitting. I've been getting a ton of submissions mm-hmm. on my website, jamesarnoldtaylor.com. Go to the chat show thing click on that and you can submit a question to me it goes directly to me and my little jet show crew and we uh look them all over i'm getting fantastic questions from people so we'll be uh answering q a i'll be doing that probably each episode as well I'll have a jet chat where i get mm-hmm. to talk to people and, and do a live i don't know it's just gonna be fun and i will love to i would love to have you on at some point uh either in person or via skype or something we'll if it's skype we'll, we'll i'll come up with some crazy bits for us to do that way anytime anytime okay. and, you know uh, I, you would be giving me the rub with that sir it, <laughs> it would it would be all it would all be one way on that one but uh any anytime I'd, i'm glad to work with you i i have one well first off in the best way for people to kind of keep up with with that getting going and that getting started is to follow you on twitter probably right now yeah i'd say so okay. i'm you know i i know a lot of people do instagram uh i'm i'm not bad on instagram i i use it a little but a twitter is my main thing mm-hmm. facebook i really don't use as much i connect it to both my instagram and my twitter uh and so I, everything goes there but i'm not on it as much so if people want to actually say something to me it's best to go to twitter mm-hmm. um but if you don't have a twitter certainly you can reach out on facebook you can go to my uh website and do the submission thing uh but yeah i i just find for me uh, as i think a lot of people that are kind of in the spotlight there you know uh 
Twitter's just quick and easy. It's the quickest way, you know. So and I've got a big. There's a show called VO Buzz Weekly that I'm I've been on before. My my buddies uh, Chuck and Stacy, uh, they're doing their 200th episode uh, celebration tonight. So I'm going to be leaving here tonight, and okay. going out to Hollywood and and doing this and performing. Uh, I'm going to be performing some things there and some different voices, Fred Flintstone, maybe Michael J. Fox and stuff, and having fun with them. But uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna try to vlog some of that because I'll be there with literally every one of the biggest names in voiceover tonight. So it'd be fun. Wow. And, and that, that Twitter handle is at J A T actor at Jet actor. Yes. Thank you. At J A T actor. Make sure you get the verified check mark. Yes. Um, so. <laughs> there are fake ones. And then I have to go in and I have to say, this isn't me. Yeah. Stop. <laughs> stop it. Just stop. Yeah. Uh, one, one final question for you before you go. Yes. Has there ever been a a voice that you were asked to mimic, a, a celebrity you were asked to mimic, or a voice that you were asked to find that you just couldn't do? Um, yeah, there's uh, one that um, I, I've said this before, and he's actually somebody I know. I've, mm-hmm. I've worked with him uh, many times, and then our daughters were uh, – friends and played together for a while when we, cause we both used to frequent uh, a restaurant together at the same time every Sunday morning. Uh, and it's uh, Toby McGuire. So Toby's mm-hmm. voice is very unique and it's, it's hard to duplicate. Uh, and so I've been asked to do it. I've actually done it on occasion for some Spider-Man trailers, you know, the other Spider-Man and I never really felt like I got it, but they were like, Oh yeah, that's fine. And I'm like, nah, that doesn't, that didn't sound like him. <laughs> He's got a very unique quality to his voice, mm-hmm. and it's it's hard for me because while while I have a high voice and I have that kind of you know that flexibility to do whatever, his is placed in a spot that I just can't get. Yeah. So uh, yeah. yeah, so there you go. Okay, all right. Well, listen. So Jat Show at Jat Actor on the Twitter uh, coming up this summer or this year. Ratchet and Clank the movie. Ah yes. Make sure everyone knows that that's James Arnold Taylor there. <laughs> uh, and animal crackers, and your daughter is an animal. Is that the one that you said your yes, daughter? That's right. Yeah, and having need- having met your daughter a couple of years ago, <laughs> uh, you'll be charmed, ladies and gentlemen, just by her voice work. You'll be charmed. I guarantee you, she is she is uh, an angel. So no, thank you. Yeah, she's pretty darn great. So. James, you have. You've been amazing to come on today, and I appreciate it so much. So. Oh, good. And I hope that everybody goes uh, – what's the website again, Steve? Geekoutonline.com slash cure. Geekoutonline.com slash cure. All right. That's what I'm going to go do right now. Awesome. Well, James, thank you so much, my friend. It's so good to talk to you. Yes, great to talk to you, Steve. God bless you, my All friend. All right. Thank you. Have a good one, brother. You too. Bye-bye. See you. Ladies and gentlemen, James Arnold Taylor, for crying out loud. I mean, he just spent – and this was literally last minute and spur of the moment stuff. He spent almost an hour uh, just talking movies. I mean, just doing a pre pass the corn, pass the corn segment. So you gotta love it. We are right now at eight hundred and forty-five dollars raised of our three thousand dollar goal. If you're listening to this via the podcast uh, later on this week, there's still time for you to donate. Go to geekoutonline.com slash cure. Geekoutonline.com slash cure is the place to go for that. Uh, well, I've got something I've got to do right now, and uh, you swing that microphone on over there. Ladies, this is a vintage friend. I mean, you're almost a vintage friend. You're almost old enough to be called, and we've, we've known oh, each other long hurts. enough. That hurts. That hurts know, my right? heart. I know, right? Uh, long-time listeners of Geek Out Loud may remember a couple of episodes um, from way back where we introduced this young lady. And, oh, how far you've come since those days. Oh, my. I mean, no longer just college, trying to find your way, make your way in the world. Now, mother, 
uh, friend of uh, Peter Mayhew on Twitter. <laughs> We're pals. We're buds. Now. We're buds. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show, Casey. My friend Casey. Casey, hello. Hi. Thanks for hanging out today a little bit. Hey, thanks for having me. Thank you for abandoning your daughter to come in. <laughs> I did. I'm such a bad mom. <laughs> yeah. You're a great mom, though, because I want to talk about the Halloween costume. I know it's several months have passed, but you made, like, you didn't buy it. You made for your little girl who loves Chewbacca for whatever reason. Oh, he is her absolute favorite. And you made for her a Chewbacca costume that was just one of the best ones I saw. I mean, like, oh, even better than people being, you know, even better than the folks that would go out and buy them and stuff. Like, you you made this great little costume for her, and Peter Mayhew saw it and called her a mighty Wookiee. And yes, I mean, like that that almost <laughs> made me cry when I saw that he tweeted that. Um, it probably did make me cry, <laughs> if I'm honest. Um, no, it was great. She she loves princesses and fairies, mm-hmm. and she was right. going through this thing where, you know, that's all she was thinking about. And I asked her, I was like, well, what do you want to be for Halloween? Do you want to be a princess or a fairy? And she says, um, no, I think I'll be Chewbacca. I think I'll be Chewbacca. And I was like, well, okay, this is going to happen. (laughs) And you can find, you can find little girl, like uh, R2 Mm -hmm. costumes or even little girl faders. Like you can find Mm -hmm. those things, but she's... Uh, she just turned three, so I'm looking for that size, and they don't make any little girl Chewbacca right, things. Right. So um, yeah, I hand stitched that. What do you use? Thing. What did you do? What okay. was the process? Okay, so my Pin- process. Pinterest this up for us real let's, quick. Let's um, let's imagine that we're on <laughs> Pinterest. Okay, so basically, I took uh, brown tights, mm-hmm. um, a brown shirt. Mm-hmm. Which was difficult to find. I had to get a little boy shirt because right. they don't. I didn't make brown shirts for little girls. I mean, the some the what little one, girl, the what, small. What or, little girl wants to wear a brown shirt? Come I on. mean, you know. So I just needed a plain shirt. So mm-hmm. then I just took fabric that I found at a craft store. Is this like that Muppet skin fabric that they have? That's kind of fuzzy and. Yeah, these were scrap pieces. Though mm-hmm. they were the, you know, eight and a half by eleven size okay. pieces. Um, so I had to stitch them together and then attach them to the shirt yeah. and the pants and um, the whole the whole thing. And so you made great. a little bandolier that goes, I mean. Oh, yeah. That was fun. Yeah, that was uh, felt, actually. So Yeah. Did, yeah. Now, is this something that kind of held up pretty well under the wear and tear? Or? Oh, well, it held up really well. We did two trick-or-treatings mm-hmm. with this, um, or three, and she... She plays in it, like okay. She, that that was know, my thing. That was my next thing. Was you know, is she still wearing it? Is she still? Oh yes, we have a little um, little area where we keep her dress up uh-huh. stuff, and yeah, she's like, oh, I'm going to be Chewbacca today. So, mm. you know, she puts on the vest. Has and she the, tried to wear it to school? She has n- not done that yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but she also is at a stage where she doesn't want to share things. Yeah. So, the idea that. A friend might want to um, wear her outfit or yeah. wear her vest or some element of it. Um, she's like, no, thanks. Forget I'll keep you. it at home. Forget you, friend. You're not yeah. my friend if you want to wear this. Yeah. Who she's not She's not are? good at sharing. Right. Who? <laughs> Watch that mic. <laughs> yeah. You might want to just... Uh, I get a little animated when I'm talking. It's fine. You can't, you can't uh, break anything in here. It's fine. Yeah. 
By the, recording from the Star Wars room, by the way. So. Yeah, I've been rearranging. Um, yeah, you made me kind of nervous when you said that earlier. I didn't want to say, I shouldn't call you out. In, but like <laughs> when you're like, hey, I set this up, I did that, I hope that's okay. And I'm like, what did you, what did you, what happened? Oh, no, so, you had... Um, had some people fall over. You had an over. assassin fall off the shelf over yeah. there. I guess they had a battle. And I was like, well, I that guess, could be intentional, you know. But, I don't uh, know. It wasn't intentional. There's never so. any... If they're laying down, unless it's on indoor, it's not intentional for them to be down. So yeah, so you're sustaining them mm-hmm. up and well, I appreciate it. Letting them talk to each other, helping curate, bit. helping curate the old Star Wars room. I mean, you know, that's that's kind of what I do. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a, that's, just, just come into people's <laughs> I mean, I just, just come into people's <laughs> space and do things the way I think they should be done. Oh yeah, this is your space. This is your, um, you know, your sanctuary. You know, your space. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I'm just gonna move some stuff around. Yeah, that's just uh, how I roll. What? Someone just found something on. No, that's not her, Doc. He found someone made a Chewy costume. Oh my gosh, your costume looked a lot better than this one on Pinterest. Cute kid, <laughs> but not your kid cute. Oh yeah, mine's not on Pinterest. Not unless someone um, took it off of Twitter yeah. or something. Um, so, you tweeted out. Did you tweet to Peter Mayhew? Is I that, did. Yeah. I did. I tweeted to him and you at the same time. Yes. And, um, and yeah, he responded. It was a pretty quick response, mm-hmm. too. I was... I was kind of surprised. He just sits around reading Twitter. Twitter. I'm like, that's awesome. I think that made my day. The whole rest of the day, I couldn't focus. He was just telling the stunt double how to walk his Chewy and then just looking at Twitter. The rest. That's all he does. That's, that's amazing. I think he lives in Texas now. Oh, really? I think he moved. He married. Here's a fun Peter Mayhew fact on Geek Out Loud for you. He married a fan. Really? A Chewbacca fan, Star Wars collector fan. They met, hit it off. And I think that's who he, I think that's he married her and so he lives in texas i believe you know so i mean it fits because everything's bigger in texas i mean that's what he's a big old dude so i've never been there someone will uh someone will correct me if i'm wrong i'm sure um what no but uh (laughs) definitely um that's such a cool moment though to i mean because it's like nowadays you're coming into contact with greatness and heroes when that happens when they actually tweet back at you or, or speak to you or whatever i mean it's kind of neat that mm-hmm. you just you're kind of on the same level in some degree yeah. you know yeah because I, you can you can have a conversation with someone like yeah you would you would never make and i mean and peter mayhew's iconic he's iconic i get excited when um I just have someone like my tweet you know that that maybe <laughs> uh but freddie prince jr actually Converse with me one time on Twitter for a minute, and I'm like, "This is amazing." And I'm not even like I'm a Freddie Prince Jr. fan, not because of she's all that, but because of Rebels, you know, because he's, yeah. he's on Star Wars Rebels. And um, I was uh, Sam Witwer was doing something one day, and I'd said something, and he said something back. And I'm like, "Oh my gosh, Sam Witwer!" You know, <laughs> and because uh, we've known Sam Witwer since the Smallville days. Yeah, you know. And, uh, of course, now he's Darth Maul and the Clone Wars and everything. I know you've been watching a little bit of Clone Wars. You know Darth Maul came back, right? Um, wait, what? I'm sorry. Spoiler <laughs> alert. I'm just, I'm kidding. Um, no, we've just, I watched it when it came on um, originally. And um, my my daughter is now very, um, very much into Clone Wars. And it's one of her favorite new things. And um, she keeps thinking that Princess Leia is going to be on it, and I have to explain like that's not Leia, that's Padme, you know. But right. um, but to her, like, oh, that's a princess, and 
she she's all about it. Like mm-hmm. well, she's a um, queen. Yeah, no, I keep yeah. saying that, but it's like she's a she's an upgrade from a princess. I know, right? Leia has been Leia was on the last episode of Rebels, though. Like she showed up, oh, yeah, yeah, hanging out with those, and it was really cool because like you forget, um, you forget that like she when we meet her in the first Star Wars, mm-hmm. you know, she's like this is a diplomatic mission, and like she's part of the Imperial Senate. She's supposed to be doing everything undercover. And Vader's finally like, no, you're part of the Rebel Alliance and a traitor. You know, take her away. <laughs> um, but she's been playing this game where she was a rebel, but acting as an Imperial senator. And this this episode that she's on just does such a great job of showing her do, you know, what she does to help the rebels, but also still not incriminate herself as far as the Empire is concerned. Great character was Leia. Man, she's awesome. She's, she's awesome. She's powerful, yeah. you know? You really think about you know, what she's doing. Um, and then to think about the time period mm-hmm. where, you know, Star Wars started, um, women weren't these really strong right. characters. And so to uh, to have that's really awesome. Mm-hmm. I'm like, if if my kid has to admire a princess, then shoot, yeah. yeah. Princess Leia, she's she's pretty bad A. She's, good. <laughs> she's a good one. <laughs> she's a good one. Well, yeah. I mean, and now that's been kicked up a notch, I feel like in some instances with like Ray. Yeah. From Force Awakens. Now, did you tell me we talked the other night? You saw it? You hadn't I, seen I it? I did see you it. You did see it. I did see it, yeah. Ray is amazing. I thought she was great. Yeah. There were, I've, you know, I've read some, mm-hmm. you know, and people, that, that seems to be a point of contention with some people. Like, they're just not really, um, they don't really like her. Have you well, seen this? I think what I've seen, anyone being critical of her, I've seen it's like they're calling her a Mary Sue. Yes. Which is weird. Like, number one, stupid name. Number two, not the name Mary Sue's not yes. stupid, but it's a stupid thing to call a character. And number two, you know, the thing is, well, she can do everything. Well, of course she can. She's been scavenging in big starships all her life. Mm-hmm. She's obviously familiar with the stuff that went on with the Falcon because she knew about it. Um, she's had to survive, so she's got this hand. And then when you, at the end, tack on the force into all of that, mm-hmm. yeah, it just all comes together in a big, bad way. And so... Um, I think that uh, I think everything makes sense in, in in her journey in that movie, and I love her. I think she's adorable, and I think that mm-hmm. um, that it's going to be awesome to see her get some training. And Kylo Ren, Ray, round two has potential to be out of this world. Oh yeah, I thought their fight sequence was great. That was fantastic. I was really impressed with it. It it took it back for me, um, you know, because the prequels were so. Um, in wrestling, we, like, yeah. In so wrestling, we call that. On. In wrestling, we call that flip flop and fly. That's what they were doing. I mean, that's what yeah. they were doing. Yeah, and and so for for them to go back to kind of that original trilogy of you know Slash and Perry and 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 it was just, but also they added so much weight and power to those things because every time. Mm-hmm. You know, he would slash at them. They would fall back, you know, and, and get... And it was just a really cool visual, you know? Yeah, no, it was amazing. Yeah. I really enjoyed that. I'm really excited that my daughter is going to have a live-action um, Jedi, mm-hmm. you know? Like, she she can play and she can yeah. pretend to be this Jedi, um, which is exciting because I don't... I mean, we really haven't seen that. Mm-hmm. Um, not in the main role. Yeah, right, exactly. Know? We haven't seen in the live-action... You're right. I mean, we've seen, you know, the side characters show up yeah. on screen here and there, but never, never breaking bad on a, you know, on a big level front and center. You know, yeah. I mean, we see Ayla Sakura get shot 
you know, by yeah. all her. That's so sad. <laughs> she's so hot. Uh, she, for a blue woman with things growing out of her head, Aww. she's really hot. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's. Uh, I, I did like. I mean, I've really come, and I've told you this. I've come to the point where I just, I do like the movie. I agree with everything that James says, though, that there is a lot that. I definitely feel the absence of Lucas, George Lucas, in, in this whole thing. And, and that has taken some getting used to. Yeah. For me. Well, visually, it's so different. Yeah. Um, it's There's a lot more camera motion yeah. than what Lucas would use. Well, they have a different um, storytelling mm-hmm. style, yeah. you know? Um, so, which I think is, you know, it's great. It's, it's very fun. modern. It's, yeah. it's, it's it was a wonderful movie. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, I also liked how you kind of got an idea of the the scale of some of the battleships, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So when she's going, driving the Falcon right, through it, right. and it was really amazing to me to kind of see. Um, yeah, that's true because like in, in the original trilogy, you'd see the Falcon next to a Star Destroyer for a minute, but then it'd get away, and it, it was always kind of weird and hard to see, but when she actually flies into one, and you see, oh, okay. So yeah. she's flying through this the way they can fly through a Death Star, and yeah. Yeah, well, it was cool because they're they're on the ground, and you mm-hmm. can see... You know, when you're yeah. in space, everything right, is right. just everything's you know, big, right? Or small, or yeah, whatever. <laughs> However you want to see it, but um, when you have it, you know, in the, you know, in the relationship to it being right. on the ground and well, um, that one shot that I, it's it's an iconic shot. I'll go ahead and say it's an iconic shot that from that trailer of the the cameras moving, it's following her speeder, and you mm-hmm. think it's a mountain in the distance. But yeah. it's a Star Destroyer in the distance. Like, she's not right in front of that thing. That thing's on back in the distance, you know, yeah. looking like a mountain on that planet. It's, yeah, it's I huge. thought it was pretty amazing. I yeah, really enjoyed I that. I agree. Um, it just puts it in perspective for you. How'd you feel about old BB-8? I love him. He's Isn't so he great? cute. Yes. Um, yeah. I will say that um, I missed R2 a lot. Yeah. Um, but I'm excited to see what happens with the next um, film. But Well, R2 went with Ray. you know. I mean, they... Yeah. They hung out together, so... So I'm like, yeah, BB-8 is so cute. He is. He's cool. And I was kind of disappointed as I thought about it. Now, this is one thing. As as I watch it more and more, I'm like, I realize that well, once he gets to Poe, he doesn't really do anything else. You know, there's yeah. no... Like, if you watch the trench run in Star Wars, Luke's constantly communicating with R2. He's like, the stabilizer's broke loose. See if you can lock it down. There. Hang on. You know, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. BB-8's flying with Poe in that battle and there's never any like shot on him or anything. And I'm not, cause that's not a complaint. I'm not saying, Oh, it ruined the movie or any, I'm just saying, yeah. I think it'd be, I think it would have been neat to see him to get to see Poe interact a little bit more with BB eight since yeah. they, since they kind of have the bond, you know, I'm, I guess I'm eager to see how these relationships play out, mm-hmm. um, to learn more about Ray's backstory right. and, and see, how these what if we never learn a thing about Ray's backstory you know if we don't that's still great you know what I'm saying like what if what if and I just thought of this for I think everyone's expecting her to have some kind of parentage some type of lineage what if we get through episode nine it's like she's just Ray I mean I think that's fine I actually that might even be better yeah if she's not directly related to you know Skywalkers yeah yeah. it could be I think I think that would be great. Yeah, actually. I think it would be fantastic. And now that I'm thinking about it, because it's like it just sets her apart, and it makes the galaxy that much bigger, you know. And it and it says mm-hmm. the force is is not moving on necessarily from the Skywalkers, but the force has a bigger plan than just the Skywalkers, you know. Well, yeah. Well, that would go back to you know, yeah. one, two, and three. Right. I mean, well, 
they you weren't know. all Skywalkers. Well, right, right. But I'm just, <laughs> I mean, as far as like a hope for the galaxy and everything yeah. goes, but it's, uh, it, it's definitely, uh, listen, you and I, uh, since back in the day have been buds and bonded by all this stuff. You know, I mean, I just, I will never forget sitting in a theater watching episode two, watching Attack of the Clones. And when he turns around to walk toward that speeder, you and I were the only ones in our little group that realized, oh my God, it looks like Darth Vader. You yeah. know, we just were like grabbing each other, like, yes, look at that. I know. No, everybody else was just kind of sitting there. Yeah. I was so excited. I was like, I need to be quiet, but I really want to like cheer right now. Oh, yeah. There was no getting around it. It was, oh it was just a great, great moment. So, um, the Yoda fight scene is still probably one of my favorites. Oh, yeah. I mean, it really is. In I mean, the theater, it's amazing. Yeah. Um, it was so great. And to see that for the first time um, on the gigantic mm-hmm. screen, um, the gigantic sound. It was sound, huge, yeah. It was amazing. Yeah. Um, you know, I, don't, I don't know. Some people don't appreciate it, but I, I absolutely loved it. Do you, do you have a favorite movie of all time? Of all time? Mm-hmm. Uh... <laughs> I don't know. It doesn't have to be genre, as we've as we've established already. Well, I mean, you know, I love Star Wars. Yeah, you know, I could geek out about that all day. Um, but okay, I love You've Got Mail. Oh my gosh! Oh yeah. Okay, I don't I'm, know if that would be my all time favorite movie, but I absolutely love that movie. Is that your kryptonite movie? Where like if it's on, you just it's on. You're oh, watching. Oh yeah, that's that's. It. Yeah. I mean, whatever I'm doing, done. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I I, I'm the same. It. Listen, it. There's so much perfect about that movie, as far as just the the chick flick that it is. You know, I mean, just yeah. Meg Ryan's performance of just the cute little spunky bookstore owner, and and Tom Hanks is like everything you would not think a big corporate dude would be, and he's just yes. like he's so down to earth, and um, I mean, just on screen together, they're yeah. amazing. Yeah. Um, if- they're oh, like the X. perfect on-screen couple. I still, to this day, when someone when I need something to write with, I'm like, do you have a pen, a pen, a pen? Because yeah. yeah, he does that. You know, Tom Hanks does that mess. Oh, well, every fall, I'm like, I go back to the school supplies. Like, she just yeah. goes and buys, that's like, right. bouquets yes. of pencils, you know? Um, so I just think that's wonderful. It's mm-hmm. such a great, um, you know, vivid line yeah. to, to hear. Is, and, um, I love it. Is Tom Hanks just fantastic? Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, I'm pretty sure that yeah. the whole world can agree on that. Uh, I, if they don't, there's something. I mean, like, I mean, it's one of those things. If you don't like Tom Hanks, there's something yeah, like, wrong with I you. Yeah, like, I don't think we could be friends. A, a completely unsympathetic. <laughs> no, completely. he's a fantastic actor. Um, anything that you're looking forward to that you know that's coming? Oh my gosh, um, I don't even know what all's like. What's well, happening here's in something. The world. You're, you're the person to talk to about this. Okay. Now, my friend Teresa. From Disney Vault Talks, going to get ticked off that I'm bringing this up right oh, now. I love Disney. I love listening to your Vault Talks. <laughs> well, thank you. Um, but I want to take it to Harry Potter, Fantastic Beasts, and where to find them. Are you into that? Not into that? It's the new movie that's coming. It's set in New York back in the day. And I would say I'm pretty excited to see mm-hmm. what's going to happen with right. it. Um, I but, haven't done a lot of reading yeah. on it. I haven't read a lot about it. Um, I've seen this, just the one trailer. Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm pretty excited to see what happens with it. Yeah. You know? I, uh, I I don't know. I'm like, Harry Potter was such a hard sell for me anyway until I got into it. And then see? once I got into it, 
We saw a Harry Potter movie. We did, together, and I'd never we? got and and that we saw Prisoner of Azkaban. Yes. And I had never at that point read a Harry Potter book or seen a movie. And I've been hounding you about and, doing that. And you tried to catch me up, but we went and saw it. And I remember you didn't care for it, did you? Oh, because I think that was my favorite book. And so that was, at that point, that was my favorite book. I don't think that the, the last couple of books that come out of that, um, at that stage. But, yeah, that was one of my favorite books in that series. Mm-hmm. And when the movie came out, I was like, wait... You're missing. You're missing a few things, and it was. It wasn't like um, missing the action. I suppose mm-hmm. it was more missing in the feeling. Um, Harry has a lot of angst in mm-hmm. that book. Um, he's really, really struggling with um, with who he is, mm-hmm. and they didn't do a really great job of showing that. Yeah. Um, well, they were so focused in on him finding that relationship with Sirius Black and who Sirius Black was like I really is that the is that the Patronus one that's where that's where we yeah. meet the mentors for the first time and everything yeah. yeah that's what they really I think focused in on more was like we got to get to the Expecto Patronum right well that's the one with the time yeah the that's time Hermione too, you know and they they did a great job with that yeah. I mean I think that's great and I liked how they pulled it all together J.K. Rowling Rolling? Rowling? Rolling? I love her. I follow her on Twitter. She's she, great. She, um... Look, anytime you start delving into time travel, it is a tricky business. And you gotta be careful because there are mm-hmm. rules that you can break and there are things you can mess... I, I feel like, and this is me having not watched the movie in a bit and having not read the book in a while, I feel like she deftly pulled off time travel. Oh, yeah. She did a great job with that. Yeah. So... I, uh, uh, I, that was the first one I saw. And then I just got in later on, I'd get into the books because I was watching TV. I had TV on one night. I was just folding some clothes, something flipping around. And I saw these kids run into a wall at the train <laughs> station. It was in chamber. City, and I'm like, well, this is pretty cool. I don't know what it was about that moment that absolutely <laughs> captured my imagination, but just running through the wall and so I got chambers. I, so I started. Bar- I borrowed a book first, and then I just bought the rest of them. And man, oh man, what! It's, oh my! The thing that strikes me about that whole series is the fact that it grows up with the reader. You know, you start reading this as a ten-year-old. You know, and by the time you've you're a senior in high school, you're reading. You're st- and, and it's yeah. like every phase of his life through those, it fits with that age. You know, it fits with how you grow up and start to discover girls and the awkwardness of it and how guys act when they kind of like the same girl or when they think mm-hmm. someone likes the same girl or, you know, you like someone, it didn't work out it, and, and how you deal with that. in the But in the midst of, well, I'm supposed to save the world too, you know, kind of thing. It's <laughs> You know, if I don't have enough on my plate already, you know, also... Yeah, have regular teen mm-hmm. problems. Um, those books are classics. Yeah, um, timeless. She is an an ex. Oh wow, she's an exquisite mm-hmm. storyteller. And and I love the fact she's like, all right, this made me plenty of money. I'll keep playing in this world. That's fine. <laughs> we'll make a yeah, sure. Harry Potter the musical. Harry Potter the you know Harry Potter the prequel. Harry Potter the toilet paper. Whatever. You know? I, mean, I would. To me, I would think if I'm living in a world with these characters in my head and I'm putting them on paper, like, mm-hmm. do they ever really go away? I mean, I guess that would be a yeah. question for the author. Like, 
and and they don't have to because everyone loves them. Yeah. It's like getting to the end of a book that you really love, and then it, it never really ends. You just find out more and more about these characters mm-hmm. um, through the author yep. directly. Yeah, you know? it's. So I think that's great, actually. It is. Uh, it, it is crazy, but I didn't know if you'd seen the trailer for that or not. That that fantastic. But I don't know how I feel about it. I've just kind of. Well, it's not Harry Potter, right. you know. So it's it's kind of take it as its own thing. Yeah, it's um, it's gonna have to. I mean, it's gonna have. They're gonna. It's gonna have to sell. I've got to be sold on this thing because yeah. it has to stand on its own two feet at this point. That's um, what I was trying to say. I don't. <laughs> It's it's like we uh, know each other or something. Vintage friends, ladies and gentlemen. Vintage friends. Man, that hurts. Vintage. Man, I'm old, huh? Well, you're getting there. Jeez. You're the one that's married with a kid. I know. I'm still single with a Star Wars room. I mean, I still have a whole bunch of Barbies. So I still act like a child. My 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 kid wants to open all of my Barbies. Mm. I collect their Barbies. You have amazing Star Wars stuff, but um, I have a bunch of Barbies and my kid wants to open them all right. and play with them. And you know what? I've let her <laughs> a lot of them. <laughs> oh, I'm just yeah? Like, yeah. I mean, there are a few that, you know, I would, I'm would i a little particular about. But mm-hmm. I'm like, you know what? Toys are made to be played with. So go for it. We have fun. Nice. Well, um, we've got to, we got to wrap up this part of the, the Geek Out Loud that is fine. Thanks. Can we say? Can we say like hi to Raj? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Casey is the Raj. Anytime Raj from the UK in the HK emails in, he always mentions guys that he's still waiting for me to to show up, and that's from way back when he sent an email that Casey and I read. It was when Casey was on the show that he was telling us about these cool theaters they have over there in Hong Kong. I still want to go. And we said, well we're, well, we're on the way. And so ever since then, it's been still waiting on you. And that's been five, did we, we figured five, six years ago? Yeah, it's been a while. It's been a long time. Poor Raj. Yeah, poor Raj. So anyhow, <laughs> all right, guys. Uh, Casey, it's good to talk to you. And congratulations on, uh, on, the, uh, on the tweet from Peter Mayhew. Thanks. All right, let's get into some Pass the Corn, ladies and gentlemen. Here we go. Pass the Corn. That's right. Pass the Corn, of course, the, uh, the whole... It began as a segment, then it became an episodic thing. Before you know it, we'll probably just have a podcast named it with its own feed and everything. Uh, here on Geek Out Loud for the Goliverse Marathon for Cure Childhood Cancer at curechildhoodcancer.org. Don't forget, if you're listening via the podcast, you can still give. It's not too late. It's going to be up until January 31st. Our goal is $3,000 when you give to Cure. It's money that goes into cancer research and to fight childhood cancer. The most underfunded of all uh, of the different types of cancers and research for cancer is childhood cancer, which is just blows my mind that that would be the case. Um, but so you can help give. And also Cure does work to help families who are affected 
by this disease. So make sure that you're you're giving none none of this money ends up in in the Goaliverse in any way, shape, form, or fashion. We've got the first giving page set up at geekoutonline.com/cure, and uh, when you give, it goes directly to Cure, doesn't go to us at all. So head over that way, geekoutonline.com/cure. If you're listening live and you're a trading card collector, go to geekoutonline.com/cure auction, and there for the next 15 hours or so. Up for uh, grabs by a good friend of the show, Mark All, is a gold medallion Captain Phasma trading card from the uh, Force Awakens set, Tops Force Force Awakens set. It's uh, marked as number two of fifty, so only fifty of these in production, and this is marked as number two. Uh, so check it out and bid, and he's going to give seventy five percent of the earnings from that uh, to cure childhood cancer. So help us out, help your collection out in a big bad way. Um, by going to geekoutonline.com slash cure auction. Now, we're doing some past the corn. We're going to be geeking out about the movies we love, the movie moments we love. And to do that, of course, is uh, the man who gave us the name, past the corn. Ladies and gentlemen, my brother from another mother, Eris Schoenerweiss. What's up, man? What's going on, my brother? I'm excited to be doing this, dude. It's always fun to talk these movies with you. And I know that you kind of decided you want to change your list after seeing a few things. The list being the list we went over last time we had you on. The list. Oh, you're talking about your my, favorite uh, movies of my, 2015. My, yeah. 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 Um, you know, I saw a bunch of stuff after that. And I, I, look, I'm not going to change the list, but I just got to go see The Revenant, go see The Big Short. Uh, catch Sicario on On Demand or DVD and catch The Martian on On Demand oh, or definitely. DVD or Blu-ray. They're all just phenomenal movies. Definitely. Brilliant. Also with us is, uh, man, he, he's becoming as much of a co-host as Erish these days. He's the guy that always blows our mind. Uh, please welcome Erish's nephew and therefore my nephew from another mother, Ethan. What's up, Ethan? How's it going, Steve? Man, it's going good. It's going good. How are you? Are you snowed in where you're at, Ethan? Yeah, we have about two feet of snow outside. Man, so. and Erish, for your just to let you know, I also saw The Martian after our list, so it was incredible. It is. It is a great movie. It is a great movie, but it's from, not from Ethan's mouth to all of you. Go That's see right. The Martian if you haven't seen it. And it's. Great. It's not just the dudes this time around. Uh, we welcome to Geek Out Loud, and I don't know if this is the first time or not on Geek Out Loud proper, but uh, she is blogger, author, uh, man, just incredible fangirl going rogue. Ladies and gentlemen, Trisha Barr. Hello, Trisha. It is my first time on Geek Out Loud proper, so thank you for having me. I was really excited when Eric asked me. I was excited. Well, we have both been guests on her shows, and I just felt it was time that we invited her to be a guest on our show. That's and right. I'm so excited to have her. That's right. And uh, coming back to Geek Out Loud for her second time around uh, is blogger, cosplayer. Uh, just, I'm talking, if you want to talk about a proponent for the character of Ray since before, since we had just barely learned her name. Ladies and gentlemen, it's so good to have her on the show. Kay, welcome back to Geek Out Loud. Hello. Hello. <laughs> I, I just have to say that Kay is Ray to me. 
Like the first time I met her was she was cosplaying as Ray at Celebration, and she's just Ray to me now. So, yeah. And the first time you told me that, I may have cried. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Kay, is it? I mean, you are pretty much the first cosplayer that we know of, right? As far as being the the uh, Ray cosplayer, Ray. maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. I I can't think of anyone that I've seen that was doing it before you at Celebration. I don't. Yeah, I don't remember. I don't remember running into any rays there. Mm-hmm. I definitely in the shows after that they started appearing. Right, right. So. And if I remember correctly, you told me that you made that the uh, the original version of the costume that you wore at Celebration. You made off of just seeing two photos of her. Yeah, from correct? the the teaser trailer, I took two screenshots, and they were both from the same side. <laughs> One and was the just, costume was awesome. It, 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 I I still I cringe sometimes when I see that now because it's come so far. But <laughs> I, I did a decent job with the very little amount of information that I had. So now was had you done cosplay before that? Okay, I've or? been making costumes my whole life. Okay, I just haven't been very public. Okay, about it, and then apparently I went big. For <laughs> yeah, yeah. If go big or go home, though, as they say, right. Yep. So there you go. All right. Well, uh, we're, I, I'm excited. I want to say this, Trisha, I haven't really, I, well, we talked about it on Fangirls when you had me on Fangirls for your Force Awakens uh, show, which I greatly appreciate um, when you guys launched the new Fangirls Going Rogue, if you will, or the new era. Um, but just real quickly, because it's kind of been my basis of conversation for everyone to get started in any conversation. Trisha, what do you think overall of The Force Awakens? Were you happy with it? Yes. Okay. Yes. I'm, I, you know, I'm always have things that I'll critique. It's not a perfect movie. It's not the best Star Wars movie. I, it's sitting around three or four. So that's mm-hmm. pretty good in a list of seven. Yeah. Yeah. So, and Kay, I know I haven't heard your reaction at all. How did, how did you feel about the film? I also agree that it's not perfect, but I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. Now, as someone who, you know, really made her mark in geekdom lately by doing the Ray thing at not only Celebration, but Dragon Con and other places, how did you feel about Ray once you finally got to know this character? I love her. Yeah. <laughs> Is she your faves? Yeah. Okay. I, I, was, I was relieved. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Kay had more than anybody to lose in the probably at, by that point that it was com- coming time. Yeah. Yeah. I've talked before about how I felt like it would be really awkward if I was sitting there watching the movie in the costume and being like, I don't like her. Yeah. Oh, you went in costume. Oh, yeah. Bless your heart. Yeah. I was part of a group. Mm, you got to go in. I feel like you got to go incognito the first time. No, no, no. Opening night, we were invited as part of a group, and there's all taking photos with people. Indeed, go go big or go home. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, uh, real quick, Ethan, didn't your brother Evan sort of feel that about uh, Kylo Ren? Yeah, Evan uh, went to Star Wars: The Force Awakens as Kylo Ren. Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. That's right. For Halloween. So. That's right, Eris. You sent me the picture of that, didn't you, that night? He just ran around in it all day long. <laughs> <laughs> but, it, like, afterwards he was, you know, he still liked Kylo Ren, but he was a little disappointed in him. Yeah, he's, yeah. He just claims that Kylo Ren is weak. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, Kylo kind of feels that way himself, so. Yeah. Yeah. Why does he think Kylo's weak, Ethan? 
I think Evan just expected Kylo Ren to be like some giant Darth Vader, Darth Vader massive Sith who could kill anybody. Mm-hmm. But once he faced off with Rey, he yeah. kind of <laughs> wasn't. It was a pretty even match. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, but let's be honest. It was Rey, and it was a great moment. And it was, yeah. I mean, a great moment really in cinema history, for crying out loud. Yeah. When that when that lightsaber goes past Kylo right to her, gee whiz, it's great. It is fantastic. So, uh, well, let's let's get into this. Erish has done the work, guys, of putting together a huge list of questions, and I don't know that we'll get to every single one of them tonight on this episode. Let's um, start with the email first, Steve. The, <laughs> the oh no, let's don't. <laughs> No, we're gonna we're bypassing emails for this show because we're gonna do a Disney Vault talk later. That's all emails all the time. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna jump into this right here, and uh, and we'll just go kind of round robin. And it's gonna be interesting because not only do you have uh, you know Erish and Steve and Ethan for the boys and and Kay and and Trisha for the girls, but you also have several different generations of fandom represented right now, and and I'm really excited. For that reason, about uh, I'm excited for both reasons because uh, I think we're going to get a lot of of different takes and answers to this, and some of them we may get the same ones. So yeah. I'm really excited to see what everybody's got to say. Yeah. Um, so here we go, man. Uh, we're just going to start one just to kind of to wet everyone's whistle to get us going around the room, and I'll start with you, Ethan. Uh, and we'll go. We'll start with different people, different time. But Ethan, I'll start with you first on this, just because I've got to know. What is your absolute favorite movie? Um, my my absolute favorite movie. It had a lot of thinking in it, but I had to go with Jaws. Wait, yes. what? <laughs> what? Yes, what? Old school. Of all the things, yeah, I, ex- I may be the youngest person here, but. I went with an old school movie. Of all the things I expected to come out of your mouth, Jaws was not it. I would have never in a million years said Jaws. That's great. Being honest, mm-hmm. I did consider Star Wars The Force Awakens being number one mm-hmm. because, well, I've just seen it right. like two weeks ago or one week ago. But that's my generation of Star Wars. Like, I didn't grow up with A New Hope. Mm-hmm. I'm growing up with Force Awakens. But well, well, newsflash, you didn't grow up with Jaws either. <laughs> well, yeah, but Jaws it had such a big influence on my swimming experiences. As, as far as I don't like beaches, <laughs> yet I still love sharks. Mm. So. You speak of the conundrum that many of us know. I remember watching Jaws as a kid and refusing to get into the water at the beach in, in the ocean, but still just cannot, could never, and still to this day can't. If there's a really interesting show on about sharks, I'm watching it. Yeah. Yeah. So that is that blows my mind. Uh, Trisha, your absolute favorite movie of all time? It, there wasn't even a contest. Empire Strikes Back. It's it, I cannot. I sit there and I can't find anything wrong with it. That's mm-hmm. it. That's the movie. So you're representing the Star Wars fandom loud and proud here. Yep, I am. Nice, nice. Erish, absolute favorite movie of all time. Uh, mine's a little Italian movie from 1988 called Cinema Paradiso. Oh wow! So you're going kind of indie almost on us? Uh, foreign, foreign. Okay, yeah, it, it won the best foreign film uh, that year at the Oscars. But what was it about, Irish? Like, it's I about. Hear, I never heard of it. 
it, it, it takes place in a little a little town in Sicily. And it's about this kid who his father has gone off to fight World War II and they, they fear that he's dead. So it's just him and his mom. And uh, the guy at the little movie theater in town, the projectionist, kind of becomes the father figure in this kid's life. And the whole movie is just – the reason why it's my favorite movie is because it's a movie about loving movies. And, uh, the, you know, you see, you see the kid Santino as uh, like an eight or nine-year-old and then it jumps forward to him as in his late teens. And the whole story is told in, in, uh, in uh, Backflash from him as an adult and he winds up becoming like a big-time uh, movie director. Um, but he, he goes back after the projectionist, uh, has passed away and it's sort of him just reflecting on his whole life and movies and everything. And there's just a lot of amazing moments in it. And it's, you know, it just kind of encapsulates why I love movies so much. Cinema paradiso. Eric's going intellectual on us. It feels like. Yeah. Erich is going to get. I watched it again this morning, and it still got to me. So we're not going to pick on Erich for being a nerd. Um, <laughs> Kay, your all-time favorite movie. I had a hard time answering this one because for so long I had one that was, and it's not anymore. And now yeah. I have like a whole grouping of them. But if I had to pick one, I'd probably also pick The Empire Strikes Back. Wow. Yeah. That, but wait, I want to know what the one that was. Yeah, what was the one that was? It used to be the. The Count of Monte Cristo, the one with Jim Caviezel with, and Guy Pearce. Wow. That's one of my favorite books of all time. And I really, I like that movie just because I love that story. Mm. Such an amazing story. There's so much different in the movie from the book, but I still yeah. really like that movie. Mm. I, I struggled with this as well because there's so many movies that I absolutely love. And I know that Star Wars is just too on the nose, you know, and I... And I <laughs> And I went with I went with well do I go on the nose with the with my with the truth of my life or do I just try to have some good discussion by throwing you know by eliminating the truth of your life my friend well then it's Star Wars and I and by Star Wars I mean the original Star a Wars yeah, yeah a new hope um, it, this movie has been with me for as long as I can remember and it is it is the movie that you know if I'm feeling low if. Uh, I just have to put something on for background. Whatever it is, it is it is this movie. It is Star Wars, and uh, will forever be. And you know, I, I I thought about maybe just picking something else, just because I you know like dust his favorite movie. But I just I you know if I'm going with the truth of who I am, it's it's Star Wars, absolutely. So what was going to be the discussion one? Yeah, what was that one? Uh, that was where I was really struggling because I've always said if it's not if there were no Star Wars, Rocky would be my Star Wars, and so it would probably be Rocky at that point. The Rocky, uh, the Rocky, yeah. Uh, of course, I don't know then, but see, then I start then I start debating with myself. I love Rocky three so much. It was the first Rocky movie I saw, and it took me a while to really come to appreciate the original Rocky. Rocky two, he wins, you know. But Rocky Balboa was just such an experience for me when I and so there was so I started to have that discussion in my own head as I was thinking about this. So uh, the simple answer, I'm just going to stick with Star Wars. <laughs> uh, now, Eric, this is this is an interesting question, uh, Trisha. What was the first movie you saw in a theater? I believe it was Bad News Bears. That would be 1976. Nice, nice, nice. 
That's a I watch that movie sometimes. That's a cla- now. Did you watch? Have you watched the original one, Ethan, or or the remake? I've watched both. I think I've watched the original more. Okay. The original is so much better. Kids yeah. are drinking beer and cigarettes. And I don't know whatever that is. is it, <laughs> <it's a junk>. <laughs> <laughs> the remake is really. I still like baseball, so. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> now, were you, was this a, how old were you, Trisha? Do you remember? Yeah, that was, I would have been seven. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember it as the experience of being in the movie mm-hmm. i knew that i had watched it yeah. so i remember the movie i don't remember the experience okay. of it so when we were in the army so it was always a different army base mm-hmm. and they would come later and it would be like a quarter to go see them for them but they were always behind schedule yeah, yeah. um okay First movie you saw in the theater? First one I can remember seeing is The Little Mermaid. Okay. Classic. Disney Renaissance. Yes. Good times. I, I, I distinctly remember when she sings about Bet John Land, they understand, but they don't reprimand their daughters. Mm-hmm. Me oh. thinking, no, that's wrong. <laughs> they do. <laughs> totally do. You're going to be disappointed up oh. here. <laughs> Kay was a troublemaker as a child. Got <laughs> reprimanded a lot, apparently. So, um, that's awesome. Uh, Ethan, I since gosh, I forget how young people are sometimes. For I'm twelve, Steve. I know, but I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just talking about the fact that Kay, their first movies. Do you remember seeing in the theaters The Little Mermaid? To me, that's like modern time films, you know. So I'm really just. I'm help me feel old, Ethan. What was the first movie you saw in a theater? According to my dad, the first movie I saw in a theater was Superman Returns. Oh, my so. gosh. And he has to say according to his dad. Guys, yeah. that was only like 2006. Well, me and his father used to take the boys. I mean, we took them to the Matrix. We took them to, like, Spider-Man and stuff like that. They would just spend the whole time run. They, they'd be more excited about running up and down the stairs in the movie theater and, like, <laughs> running around in the dark. It was just an excuse for us to go see these movies. Right, right. Well, Superman Returns, though, like I say, my dad tells me it was Superman Returns in 2006, some 10 years ago. Uh, Erish, the first movie you saw in a theater? Uh, My mother tells me it was Dumbo. Mm. Like She likes to get all sentimental and talk about the time she took me to see Dumbo and I just sat on her lap and... Like, you know, she was crying during the, the scene where Dumbo's mom is singing to him out of, like, that jail cell mm-hmm. thing that she's in and stuff. So, yeah, Dumbo. Hmm. Baby mine. It must yeah. have been in a re-release or something. No, Steve, I saw it in 1941. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> <clears throat> I'm, I'm just, I, I need to go check my Disney Vault Talk notes and see when that would have been. <laughs> Uh, what, you don't know all the years that it was re-released off the top of your head, Steve? Come on. No, I, I really don't. Um, I need to go check my Vault Talk notes. Teresa, get on that. Uh, I guess the first movie that I saw in theaters, and and I, I remember it vaguely, I don't really remember the whole thing, of course, is Empire Strikes Back. I remember the experience of going. I remember uh, picking up some of my sister's friends to go see it with us i apparently fell asleep around the time that luke um 
around somewhere on Hoth, I fell asleep and I didn't wake <laughs> up until after the fight on Bespin. So, I mean, I was only three years old. I was but a toddler. Um, but I do remember, you know, I have it, I have images in my mind of going to see that movie um, and, and a little bit of that experience. But I don't remember the full experience of it. I know what I've been told since then. So, um, yeah, so Empire Strikes Back would have, would have been it for me. As far as a movie, I definitely remember the first movie I remember seeing in a theater. It may have to be either, and, and I have to check the dates on this, on the release times of this, but it's it's going to be, uh, it's going to be somewhere around Superman three. Um, oh, I really hope it wasn't Superman three. <laughs> well, but see, I love Superman. I know, and, but and Superman 3... Yeah, but as a kid, I didn't know Superman 3 was a bad movie. All right, that was 1983. Yeah, uh, but I think Return of the Jedi came out before that. It did. Jedi was so, May 83, and Superman 3 was June yeah, 83. Yeah, Return of the Jedi was probably the first one I remember, unless... And this is where I've got to find out um, when when this happened. Real quick, guys, I'm sorry. Okay, See, I kind of even remember more clearly than my Empire experience going to see Popeye in the movie theater. Uh, even though I was still, I was not quite four. I was almost four when that hit in 1980. Um, but I loved me some Popeye, man. I had Popeye suspenders, and I was just <laughs> excited about seeing Popeye in the movie theater. So I thought that was a little bit later. I remember it so well that I thought it was later than 1980 that that movie was released. Um Ethan, your dad loves the Popeye movie too. He does. Yeah. Are you guys? Have you guys seen this? You know about this? The Robin Williams Popeye. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I can't stand it. <gasps> <laughs> Trisha, where do you fall on Robin Williams Popeye? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't stand it. <gasps> okay, where do you fall on Robin Williams Popeye? Um. I saw it as a kid and remember liking it, and I haven't seen it since. So. Oh, man. Didn't uh, Robert Altman direct that, too? Yeah, Robert Altman directed. Yeah. It's just uh. such a big, bloated fiasco. <gasps> Come on, man. Quit hurting me. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, gee whiz. <laughs> I know that we saw Popeye. In the, in the chat is just like, OMG, the gas. <laughs> it's killing me. It is killing me. I love this movie so much. It's so funny, and they nail every little thing about Popeye in it. And not to mention, and I saw it in the theater that about a, a few months later we would see a great, the Great Muppet Caper in. So, I keep look. I'm, what I'm realizing is, before my other brothers and sisters were born, we went to the movies pretty often. Well, that's what happens when you have a lot of kids. Well, I'm kind of mad at my brothers <laughs> and sisters too for being expensive to go to the movies. There's a lot of great moments I missed out in the in the movies back in the day because I had brothers and sisters. Forget you guys. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so now, Kay, you said the first one you remember seeing was Little Mermaid. Yeah, there might have been something before yeah, that. Yeah, but, but, I... but you remember. And Trisha, the first... And I think the reason I remember it is because I felt like she was so misguided in her hopes. Right. Oh, yeah, because... Her land life. Yeah, because little yeah. troublemaker Kay was like, whatever, <laughs> whatever. Um, Ethan, what's the first movie you remember seeing? Now, you were told it was Superman Returns, but what's the first one you remember seeing? I The first movie I remember seeing was Disney Pixar's Cars. I think I remember seeing that movie because 
somewhere in the movie there was a song Life is a Highway mm-hmm. and after that movie I just got that song stuck in my head so I kept singing it <laughs> so well and you know that was a cover of another song from back before you were born right <laughs> Yeah. Okay. I searched up the real song and it sounded different, so right. I was a little upset uh, as a little kid. But as a little kid, it's a it's a yeah. listen. I love Rascal Flats. Appreciate them for what they are, but they do not meet up to the Tom Cochran version. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, Ethan, thank you once again for making us all feel old. That Cars is <laughs> the first movie you remember seeing. <laughs> um, Trisha, is is Bad News Bears what you remember or? No, Star Wars. Okay, so Star Wars is the first one yeah, you remember seeing. Yeah, my grandmother the and grandfather, we waited in line and they were asleep before the Star Destroyer came. It's <laughs> <laughs> like boom, boom, one and the other. I'm sorry, out. before the, that's like right after the movie starts. Oh, yeah, my, my grandma was like the scroll, she was gone, and my grandfather. <laughs> She's like, you didn't tell me there was going to be reading in this. <laughs> exactly. And then my grandfather, he was right after that. And I was just sitting there going, <gasps> like, you know, just in. Just I was enthralled by the whole thing. But that I remember because we were going, it was standing in line mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff. So Okay. All right. Erish, what's the first one you remember seeing? Star Wars. Okay. Man, what a great yeah. life you two have led. Yeah. Uh-huh. For that to my be my dad f- took me, although we didn't stand in line and we didn't see it until I think it was like the end of the summer mm-hmm. before we got he got around to taking me to see it. But yeah, I remember just being freaked out when Vader came walking through the the blast door. Just like had no idea what this big giant hulking black metal thing was. Yeah. So. Man, remember those days when we didn't know what was under all that armor, whether it was Vader's or the stormtroopers? We were always like, what are those things? Yeah. What's under there? It was a beautiful time. It was a, there was so much mystery. Oh, such a good time to be alive. Now we all know who Vader is and all his backstory. You young whippersnappers have it so easy. <laughs> you have no. Now you're just asking, who's Ray? Who does she belong to? <laughs> I said earlier on some show, I forget who I was talking to. Oh, I was talking to my friend Casey. That I said, I think I'd be fine if we find out that Ray's not connected to anybody but Ray. And she's just that special. Um, favorite scene in a movie is here we go now. Now, this is interesting. Uh, Kate, your favorite scene in a movie? I had a hard time deciding between going with a Star Wars one or a non-Star Wars one. Well, do you, do one of both if you must. Okay. My favorite Star Wars one is the, the whole uh, rescue in the cell block on the Death Star. Yes, yeah. That whole sequence. Mm-hmm. Nice. I like I liked the, like the witty fast back and forth and the action and it has good pacing. I just like the whole thing, especially Han's whole, you know, boring conversation anyway. Luke, we're going to have company. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, Leia just like instantly takes over the whole thing. Yeah, this is some this is some rescue. They, yeah, they don't. They had this whole rescue, and they get in there, and they do not know what they're doing. <laughs> He's the brain, sweetheart. Yep. So, <laughs> I don't care what you smell, you big furry oaf. Get in there. <laughs> what so many a, good lines. What about your non-Star Wars? So, um, the movie, The Philadelphia Story, with mm-hmm. uh, Catherine Hepburn and Jimmy Stewart. Mm-hmm. There's a scene in there. Where they are, they've been drinking champagne for like hours Mm -hmm. and they are both totally wasted. And it's just, you don't normally see that from either of them in most of their movies. Right. And it's just hilarious. They're just going, it's very convincing. I don't know if they were actually (laughs) drunk when they filmed it, 
but uh, they're just you know talking to each other and they, they go for a swim and they're singing to each other and it's just it's hilarious. Cat, the, the what's the movie? It's Catherine Hepburn and Jimmy Stewart in the Philadelphia Story. The Philadelphia Story. That's one that's been on my list for a long time to see. I got to get around to watching that. I've got to get around to watching a lot more of those classic movies like that. I'm I'm there is a there is a void of knowledge when it comes to movies prior to about 1976 for me. Um, and so I, I I I used to not like black and white stuff at all because or refuse to watch anything before like Star Wars because I'm like that's not cool. That's lame. <laughs> But then I grew up, and I realized it is cool. Um, Arish, have you got a favorite movie scene? I do. It's from Ed Wood, and it's mm-hmm. the scene where uh, Johnny Depp, uh, his character Ed Wood, has just gotten into a big fight with the producers while they're shooting Plan 9 from Outer Space. And he storms out, and he goes to a bar to have a drink. He calms down, and he looks over, and there's Orson Welles sitting at a table. And he walks over and he introduces himself and he sits down and the two of them start talking about the headaches of making movies. And it's arguably the guy who made the greatest film of all time and the guy who made the worst film of all time having a conversation about making their movies as complete equals. And it's it's only two minutes maybe, but it's just brilliant. Mm. I love it. Johnny Depp playing himself or like... No, Johnny Depp playing the, 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 wow. the guy, Ed Wood, who made uh, Plan 9 from Outer Space. Okay. Ed Wood, who I often... Can- Vincent D'Onofrio, who was the Kingpin in the Daredevil series, he plays Orson Welles. Nice. There's a field where peas grow. Um... The, that's my Orson Welles, by the way. Sorry, <laughs> um, Ed Ed Wood. I often confuse with Ed Harris. People say Ed Wood, <laughs> and I conjure up images of Ed Harris in my totally mind. Totally different. Uh, t- uh, completely, yeah, just a little bit. Completely, yeah, I know. But I just, it's just, it's what I do. It's, it's my, it's my mistake. <laughs> Trisha, you got a favorite movie scene? I, I had one for a long time and then I have a new one so the one that was for a long time was the scene when Jack uh, implores to Rose to that he wants her it's in the exercise room in Titanic and he kind of calls her what he says you're no picnic he starts out and then he just talks to her and she says it's not up to you to save me Jack and he says no you're right only you can do that and it's just this whole romantic scene but it's also empowering like he knows that she has to make the choice that he can't make her do anything but it's just everything that I've ever wanted in storytelling I love those romantic moments and it's empowering and then um I mean Kay and Arish know very much how much I've been wanting to see a female Jedi on screen Mm -hmm. and so my my new favorite scene is that moment when I saw the lightsaber in the force awakens land in the snow and go to my, a scene from my favorite movie and that moment. And then I was like, Oh dude, it's going to land in her hand. That, that was the moment for me. That was everything in, in my emotional baggage of films that I wanted to see happen, happen Mm -hmm. in that moment. So that's my new favorite scene. Mm -hmm. That's a good one. Ethan, well, my favorite scene is from Christopher Nolan's The Dark Knight. Oh. It's probably the, well, yeah, it's the, 
Joker's pencil trick. Oh. In the conference room or whatever, yeah. kitchen. I just think it was a cringing scene, awesome scene, and it speaks for who the Joker is, kind of a maniac, and yeah. Dude, uh, that... I remember seeing that the first time, and it's like you want to laugh, but you know it's not funny, but it is, and yeah. it's so messed up. You're right. It is a cringing. It makes you just cringe because of because of what he does, but it's also just so awesome at the same time. You want, you want to see a magic trick? Um, my favorite scene in a movie, uh, again, I went with not a Star Wars movie, <laughs> just because I'm like, it doesn't seem right for me to just be so on the nose with the Star Wars. Steve's just got Star Wars, Star Wars, Star Wars, Star Wars, Star Wars, Star Wars. Truly, truly, because my favorite Star Wars scene has always been, it's just always captured my imagination, the trash compactor scene. It, it's yeah, that's probably my favorite Star it, Wars scene. It's such a classic, classic thing of walls moving in, and there was a monster, and and the little eyeball popping up always made me fun. You know, always made me laugh. I always thought it was funny. But just as I've gotten older, um, honestly, one of my and I always go back to it is just just the definition of of two people who love each other. Or, or how a person loves someone else is in Rocky, in the original Rocky, when he goes and he he takes his walk the night before the fight and he's in the ring and uh, the promoter shows up and he's like, you know, they got the poster wrong. I'm not wearing red shorts with white stripe. I'm wearing white shorts with a red stripe. And he's like, doesn't really matter, does it? And Rocky goes back home where Adrian is and he lays down and he says, I can't win. You know, I can't win this fight. And Adrian says, what are we going to do? And it's just that that moment where she says, "What are we going to do?" She's in this thing with him. That it, that you know, for the first time in this dude's life, he's not alone. And and so he begins just explain to her, "If I can go the distance, all I want to do is go the distance. I want to go all fifteen rounds, and and that's what because no one's ever done it before. It's just such a powerful scene that shows his, you know, who he is, and when." Um, you know, and, and shows how much how far she's come in that relationship with him, and it's something that lasts throughout the rest of those films, even into Balboa and Creed. Um, and so, it, it it's one of my, if not my favorite scene in a movie, even though it's a little touching and and not you know so action packed and exciting. So, these are hard questions, by the way. Can we just all agree that Erish has? presented yes. us all with like Sophie's Choice type questions. It's and hard to make it just one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Makes for good discussion. Yeah, yeah. Learning a lot about after it. Into them, there, were, there are good questions. I well, hope the chat's enjoying the questions. I didn't say they're bad. They are good questions. Don't get me wrong. They're just hard. Um, and, and I would also like to commend you, Tricia, for being the first person, I think, to bring up Titanic on Geek Out Loud in a positive <laughs> light. <laughs> Woohoo! <laughs> The first person to actually say something positive about Titanic. Teresa likes Titanic. You should ask her about it. You should have us on sometime. Oh, no. I don't want to sit and talk too long about Titanic. He uh, <laughs> doesn't even Titanic. Titanic. <laughs> I saw Titanic one time, and it was in the second-run theater, and it was like the only time I ever had with – the only good time I ever had with the girl I was dating at the time because um, we just sat there and laughed through the whole thing. Uh but anyhow, that's rude. I know, but I, I'm not dogging your choice. I'm not saying you're, you're it's invalid, Trisha. I'm just saying you're the first person to bring it up in a positive light. Woo-hoo. Um, 
so where are we at? Favorite line of dialogue. Arish, favorite line of dialogue. All right, mine... I'm just going to come out with mine. Mine's from Broadcast News. Mm-hmm. Um, at the end of the movie, Albert Brooks's character, the whole, the whole time he's been in love with his best friend, played by Holly Hunter. Uh, before the scene, he confesses to her that he loves her, but she's interested in William Hurt's character, who is like you know the the leading man. Uh, guy and the the anchor for the news and he's just uh, he's the really smart uh, news guy but he's the guy who's like out in the field doing the stories there and she is the producer so you know he's confessed his love to her she has rejected him no 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 you're my friend blah 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 Um, the whole news divisions being like reshuffled and everything. People are getting fired and stuff. He quits and takes a job at a local station. So she agrees to have like one last drink with him. And during the course of all of this, like he's still hurt and everything. And she asks him where he thinks they'll be in like five or 10 years. And he tells her that he'll be back in town to collect some little award for, like, you know, excellence in local news broadcasting or whatever. And that he will bump into her and his son will say something and he will look at his son and say, it's not nice to make fun of fat single ladies like that. Mm. And that and like, you know, it just like cuts her to the core and stuff. And she, you know, he instantly regrets it. But that's my favorite line. Just because it kind of, it's like everything that he feels at that point. He is just so devastated by her and stuff that, you know. Dang, that's harsh. It's harsh. It is yeah. harsh. Erish liking the harshness. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I, my favorite line of dialogue in a movie has nothing to do with Star Wars or any of my other favorite movies. In fact, it's from a movie that I enjoy, but I would never even put up there with my favorites. And it's from an actor that I don't know how much... I'm always confused as to whether or not I like this guy. It's Nicolas Cage and Con Air. <laughs> now, Nicolas Cage and Con Air had... Wait, did, wasn't his character from Georgia? He was from Alabama. <laughs> and, yeah, and he didn't have to do... Nicolas Cage has got enough of a bit of a... a, a a draw in his voice that he didn't have to do the Forrest Gump accent, but it's like he wanted to be Forrest Gump for some reason. But there's a scene. It's Nicholas. How you get Oscars? That's right, I guess so. Not for a movie like Con Air. I know. It's how you get Oscars. Not when you're wearing bad plugs and a and a wife beater. It's worked for other people. I guess. But uh, so he's talking to John Cusack. They're at that airfield. And he's trying to find the insulin for his buddy, um, and uh, and and he runs into John Cusack in this hangar, and John Cusack's character is talking to him, and 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 he's explaining to him that you know he's staying up there because his friend's hurt and he needs to help him, and he can't leave a man behind. And he he turns to go, and Cusack says, "What are you going to do?" And he turns around. Nicholas Cage turns around and says, "What do you think I'm going to do?" I'm going to save the effing day. I love that line. <laughs> I think it's one of the greatest lines in cinema from one of the most, you know, not greatest movies in cinema, but I still love that movie, by the way. It makes no sense. It's a ridiculous premise, but it's just and that. that movie has everybody. Everybody is in that film, yeah. But I love, 
I love that line. I think that's just one of the best lines ever written. What do you think I'm going to do? I'm going to save the effing day. So uh, that's that's mine. Ethan, favorite line of dialogue? My favorite line of dialogue is from Return of the Jedi. It's the confrontation between it's the conversation between Luke and Vader in the Emperor's throne room. Especially the moment where Vader mentions that like Luke has a sister and if Luke won't turn the dark side then maybe Leia will. So mm-hmm. then perhaps she so will. You have a twin sister. Sister. Yeah. Sister. Yeah. That's a mm. And then Luke goes nuts. And Luke goes nuts. Someone was calling me to task the other day. Speaking of starting conversations, way to go, Ethan. Someone was calling me to task the other day online, like pointing out some quote or something from a book where Luke had touched the dark side in that moment or used the dark side. And I never, I don't think I ever said he didn't. I think it's very apparent based on him backing Vader down. And, and the only thing, and I've even said the only thing that snaps him out of it is the Emperor starts laughing. And I no, think that's not what snaps him out of it. You don't what think snaps so? him out of it is when he looks down and he sees Vader's hand cut off. Yeah. And then he looks at his own hand and he realizes that he's turning into his father. Yeah, but I don't think he would have even stopped had the Emperor not started laughing and doing good, good. Okay. All right. Yeah, I see that. I just I don't think he would have even taken time to consider that. Um, I think he had been pushed to the edge. So yeah, I, but someone was Basically, like the Emperor saved Luke Skywalker's fate. In a way. In a way, that's that's hero true. of the entire trilogy. Well, his no, I'm not. <laughs> no, no, I'm saying that what Luke told him was right. His overconfidence was his weakness. So you need to write that up, Ethan. That, yeah, write <laughs> that up and Emperor's write that up. That the Emperor is the true hero of the trilogy. Yes, clickbait, yeah, clickbait, clickbait. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so anyhow, Kay, your favorite line of dialogue? Uh, also from the Philadelphia story. Okay. Um, uh, Catherine Hepburn's character, Tracy Lord, she's, um, well, she's wealthy and there's these reporters that have been sent to cover her wedding and she's very, like, bold and says whatever's on her mind and she's messing around with the reporters because they're, they think they're there in secret that she doesn't know that they're reporters, but she's already figured them out. And, uh, she has this, this scene with her fiancé who... Not everybody seems totally on board with the relationship, but they're like, okay, fine, that's what you want. <laughs> but she seems to really like him. And then they have this scene alone together, and he um, starts going on about how she's she's like this marvelous distant queen, and she's like a statue and a goddess, and he's... Um, it's, it's what everyone feels about her. It's, and he says, it's what I first worshipped you from afar. And she, who has been, like, so loud and brassy the whole movie, gets it really quiet. And she says, I don't want to be worshipped. I want to be loved. Mm. And it gets me every time. Mm. That's so sweet. It I, is. I don't want to be worshipped. I want to be loved. <laughs> <laughs> she just wants someone to love her. She doesn't want someone to put her on a pedestal. No. Mm. Is that true for every woman? Um, I don't know if I can speak for every woman. Guys, help me out. But, help me out in my dating life here. What I would I would prefer to be loved than worshipped, yeah. Okay. All right. <clears throat> Trisha, favorite line from a movie? There is a lot of really good lines in The Princess Bride. Oh I my ha- gosh, yes. Yeah, I had that that's the movie that just it's written so well and every piece of dialogue in it is clever, but I had to go with 
Vincini says he didn't fall. Inconceivable. And Inigo Montoya says you keep using that word. I do not think it means. What you, think it means. <laughs> you keep. <laughs> and I mean, it, I, you use that all the time. Anybody, mm-hmm. time, anybody says inconceivable, and you're like, oh, okay. Um, but it's one of the best lines of dialogue because it just it just works. You can use it in your real life too. So, but that whole movie. Every bit of dialogue in that movie is hysterical and it's so sharp and funny and I can watch it over and over. And in the office, when people walk away from my desk, I'll be like, have fun storming the castle. <laughs> <laughs> I just when uh, if anyone every now and again, you know how when you're in a conversation and you say something that accidentally rhymes. And then you point it out or someone else points it out. Then I start saying, he probably didn't mean any harm. <laughs> <laughs> He's very light on charm. Yeah. <laughs> and then, of course, you get to that, stop that rhyming, and I mean it. Anybody want a peanut? There it is. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Anybody want the peanut? <laughs> oh, man. Um, <laughs> back to the question, the, the line of questioning here. Oh, man, the movie or scene that always makes you cry. Erish? And and I'm talking like you've seen this movie like a bazillion times Mm -hmm. and you know the scene is coming and you still wind up crying from it. Mm. Um, For me, it's Rudy. And I I hate Notre Dame. I'm a University (laughs) of Miami Hurricanes fan. Go you. Go the you. The you, baby. We hate the Fighting Irish. But the end of this movie where the captain walks into the coach's office and is like, I want Rudy to play in my place. And the coach looks at him and says, you're an All-American and the captain of this football team. Act like one. And he says, I believe I am, sir. And he just lays his jersey on the coach's desk Mm. and walks out. I'm welling up just thinking about this right now. Then the next guy walks in and it's the entire team like just walks in and lays their jerseys on the coach's desk. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, they have the big game and John Favreau's and, and fat John Favreau is in the stands. <laughs> You're the who's the wild man now? Who's the wild man now? And just like I'm like bawling by the end of the movie. Mm. And everyone starts chanting. Rudy. 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 <clears throat> Uh, Trisha? Yeah, there's the movie. If, if people might not remember the man from Snowy River. Oh my gosh. Oh, yeah. Man from. Oh, Trisha. Well, one my of my heart's favorite movies. Yeah. Well, Return. return, return to Snowy River. Yes, Return to Snowy River. There's a scene where he he's riding his horse. It's all about the, the man and his horse, and he rides his horse and falls down a, a cliff or mm-hmm. a hill. And. He his favorite horse and he has to put he shoots him and my friend and I we were that was like we love that the first movie went to the second one and it's coming and we we were sort of we were always we knew things about movies we were spoiler hounds back then in the eighties mm-hmm. and like she just saw this podcast exactly right? so she's pulling out the the um, tissues I remember her pulling the tissues out and the people behind us going <laughs> you know and they're crying she's passing tissues back down <laughs> so I can't even think about that scene I'm like mm-hmm. starting to tear up just. But when it's on, I'm like, oh, here it comes again. Don't shoot the horse. <laughs> but anyway, that's my scene. I am I am all about it. Uh, 
I love The Man from Snowy River. It's a great movie, it's and they so don't good. show it enough on TV. Oh, you know, right. like those old movies, I love that, it. And, and The Black Stallion, too. Oh, yes. That was amazing. What about... Uh, See, I love The Man from Snowy River, and I haven't seen Return to Snowy River nearly enough. I only saw it the one time. Um, so it's been a long time since I've seen that. But, dude, that moment when everything just – when they're on the chase for all the all the horses, you know, and to get to get the – what's-his-face's horseback? It's been a long time since I watched The Man from Snowy River, apparently. But it just gets quiet, and Jim just comes blasting through the rest of that posse where they won't – they will not yep. dare to go. Jim dares and uh, and gets him back, and he's like, "I just want what's." And when he takes them all in, I'm sorry, this is a great movie line too. To go back to our previous discussion, when uh, when Michael Douglas is sitting there telling him, "You know, we'll give you this and this," and he's like, "I just want what's mine. I'll come back for the horse and a few mares and and whatever else is mine." And he looks over at Jessica, and it's like, "Oh my gosh, <laughs> he he's coming for you, girl. He's coming for you." <laughs> so, <laughs> Um. <clears throat> anyhow, our, uh, where are we at? Favorite line or who else? Uh, Kay, uh, crying, no. crying, 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 crying. Kay, what we're makes get, we're getting emotional here, Steve? Uh, well, that's maybe why I'm trying to avoid it. Kay, what makes <laughs> what makes you cry, Kay? Uh, have you guys seen the movie Big Fish? Yes, it's a Tim Burton movie, and it's based on a book. And uh, Ewan McGregor's in it, and Billy Crudup, and Jessica Lange, and um, the story is basically that there's uh, a son who is not a big fan of his father and his father's dying and he's coming home to see him and help his mom take care of him. And uh, he, part of the reason he is upset with his dad is his dad always told him all these stories that he just considered like fish tales. Like the, his whole time growing up, he didn't mm-hmm. believe him and his dad is insistent that they were all real and the story like revisits all the stories and at the end when his father's dying he um there's this scene where he's his father claims like he was always a big fish and he wants to be returned to the river and all that so he's bringing his father's body to the river and on the banks of the river start i'm gonna start crying talking about start appearing all these people from his stories that his Mm -hmm. he was never sure if they were real and it's still not entirely sure if that if they are real, if they're really there, if it's just like the memory of all of them coming together, but the yeah, everybody appearing and kind of validating that gets me. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> who hadn't gone? Ethan. Um, I've actually only cried twice in my movies, life, and for the two movies that I've cried in, I've only seen them once. Mm-hmm. But if I had to choose, I would go with when Joy has to leave Bing. Well, no, when Bing Bong jumps off the wagon hush your and mouth. inside Just out. Hush your mouth. <laughs> now you're gonna start crying. Oh, you're gonna get all of them to start crying now, Ethan. I'm sorry. I think it's all right. It's all right. I think I'm the only person that that scene didn't affect. But <laughs> well, yeah, because you didn't like Inside Out, Irish. <laughs> I love how he says that. <laughs> <laughs> With such disgust and disbelief still. What else? What, what was the other one, you, uh, Ethan, if you don't mind us asking? I'm surprised I cried by it, but it was in the Lord of the Rings Fellowship of the Ring when Gandalf uh, was hanging on to the cliff and oh. when he said, like, run, you fool. Yeah. And then he dropped. Man. See, I, I, and... 
in Return of the King at mm-hmm. the end mm-hmm. when Aragorn tells the mm-hmm. four hobbits that you, you know, I'm welling up over this. You kneel before no man. That oh. gets me. Yeah, I, I just thought got, that's what you would choose there. I got chills when you said, uh, those I could choose, like, I, I, I feel like I cry at almost every movie I watch. Except <laughs> Inside Out. Except Inside Out. Because he has the dealings. What? At the end of Field of Dreams where his dad turns and looks to him and asks him if he wants to have a catch. Like, that just gets me. Cinema Paradiso, like, gets me at the end. I don't know. I just feel like the older I get, the more I cry at movies. (laughs) Um, So I have only watched this movie twice. Um because, Superman 3? Because, no, I've watched <laughs> Superman 3 a ton. And, Eris, you'll be surprised to find out that I enjoy Superman 4, The Quest for Peace. Oh, no. Um, I know, it's, but it's very sentimental to me. Um, no, the last time I watched it, I literally was lying on the couch and ended up kind of curling up as best a fat man can uh, and just tears streaming down my face and I've just refused to watch it since because I don't know if it'll still do it to me or not and I'm just scared of this movie Toy Story 3 oh yeah Um, I I was Andy you know in in my life as far as just like his toys mattering to him and being his friends and, and that sort of thing which is not to say he didn't have other friends of course but um that was me. And so growing up and parting with those things and, and having to grow up, but also watching the toys deal. Like it, that's the thing about those toy story movies is there's so much, especially three is kind of like the, the flip side of growing up, you know, they're dealing with growing up. We don't watch Andy deal with it the way we do, you know, in inside out, but we see the toys deal with Andy growing up. And I don't know. There was just so many human moments coming from plastic and felt in that movie <laughs> that it just, it, it destroys me. And it's not even the moment when they're all about to die in the fire. For me, got me the for, for me, it's when he takes his, his toys to the little girl yeah. and, and he starts to describe, yeah. I can't, uh, I like, honestly, right now I'm, I'm welling up because He's he's saying goodbye to his friends, and you know, and it's a sweet moment because he's given the little girl, and I can't think of her name because I've only watched the movie twice. Um, he's he's saying here, you're new friends, but I'm going to leave these guys now, and I'm telling you, oh my gosh, it's ridiculous! It's ridiculous how emotional I'm getting about it right now. So I'm going to shut up, but because you're looking at the action figures on your shelves as you're talking, uh, that's I cannot lie to you. I am looking at the action figures on my shelf. <laughs> uh, it's true. Uh, so anyhow, I heard you freaking out a little bit earlier today when one of them got knocked out of place. So yeah, yeah, yeah. My friend Casey's like, "Well, it was laying down, so I set it up." I'm like, "It's fine. It's fine that they're laying there. It's not going to hurt anything." So, <clears throat> but yeah, that's that's it for me. And I tell you, guys, I've not invested like time specifically to watch Inside Out. I want to echo what Ethan said though. I watched Inside Out. We were at some friend's house, and their kids were watching it, and I was just kind of in and out of the movie as it was playing. But I was paying attention enough to know that when Bing Bong flies (laughs) off the back of that wagon, you know, I knew what he was doing, and, like, I looked at my friends with tears in my eyes, and I'm like, did y'all see that? (laughs) Did you see what they just did? 
this is ridiculous. Why are you letting your kids watch this movie? Pixar <laughs> <laughs> so. knows how to get in your mind. Exactly, yeah. exactly. They they will they will tug at the old heartstrings like it's nobody's business, unless you're Irish and you don't like Inside Out. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, did everyone it, did everyone admit to what makes them cry? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I've lost I've lost count. I want to start jumping around a little bit. I'm, I'm about to. Yeah, I'm about. Yeah, I don't think we're not going to get to all twenty mm-hmm. of these. So um, I want to go to this one. If you can invite any three movie characters to join you for dinner, who would they be? Steve, this is why we're brothers from another. Is month. that where you wanted to That's get to? Exactly where I was going to go. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Eric, start us off here. I'm interested to hear yours. All right, uh, three characters that I could invite to join me for dinner. Would be Indiana Jones, mm-hmm. uh, Crash Davis from Bull Durham, and Yoda. <sighs> and, and here's my thinking: uh, one, Indy's got to have great stories, like yes. all these adventures and stuff that he's been on. He's just the coolest dude in the world. Crash Davis, I'm a huge baseball fan, and he's got to have great stories about playing baseball in the minor leagues. And then who wouldn't want to have a meal with Yoda? Plus, I think that Yoda would really be into baseball. And I think, that, I think that Crash would really be into Yoda's wisdom. And I think that they would hit it off really well. Uh, Yoda so those is my three. Uh, wait a minute. I just want to think here for a minute of Yoda as a baseball manager. I'm not, yeah, I think he'd be a really good baseball and, manager. And, and that moment when the pitcher is kind of worn out, and Yoda has to take the walk out to the mound. <laughs> Suddenly, the game is stopped for you know thirty minutes because Yoda would be perfect because that gives the bullpen guy extra extra time, time to, to warm up. up. And he walks out, and he's like, "Doing how you are." <laughs> and the guy's like, "I'm fine." Another inning you do not have in you. <laughs> the ball, give me. <laughs> Sorry, and then he's like, "Sorry, kid." <laughs> now I want Yoda to coach my little. <laughs> <laughs> like they have, they have four sensitive people standing by to make sure that Yoda's not manipulating the ball in any way. Like the, the umpiring becomes a whole new thing when Yoda's in there managing. So, oh, that'd be good. Uh, Trisha, three people from the movies you want to have dinner with. I want to invite Ray because she apparently doesn't get to eat with any dinner with anybody. Oh yeah, so, yeah. Her, and that takes the bar so we can all eat sloppy. Ex- I was going to say that girl eat. I was going to say table manners. <laughs> table manners are out the window. <laughs> out the window. Then I want to have Lando Calrissian in the mix with yes, um, and and then also Rose from Titanic. And there's going to be some great. You know, he's going to do his Rico Suave on Rose and he's, she's going to give the snark back. So we'll have some fun there. But I think there would be some fun conversation. He's going to do his Rico Suave on Ray and you too. Well, of course. Of I course. Think that's really why you want him there. So he can do his Rico Suave on you. Well, but it would be yeah. it would be fun. I it would I think it would just be fun conversation. But I Ray has to come so we could all just kind of get you know when you go to the medieval banquets and they just yes. give you a knife and you're like yeah I can eat like 
eat like an uncivilized person. There are no, there were no eating utensils in medieval times. Therefore, there are no utensils at medieval times. You just get a knife. Cable guy. Go for it. (laughs) Cable guy reference. Nice. I I have to, the Yoda reference, Mm -hmm. when I had some uh, coaching for my horse uh, years ago, the lady said to me, you need to speak to him like that character from that movie. You need to speak like Yoda. And then he'll believe in himself. So I do ride my horse around, Gainer the Jedi horse, and talk to him in Yoda talk at, on occasions. That oh. might be more for me, too, but now, he works really well in sports psychology, I'm just saying. Well, now, let, Trisha, I must ask, do you just do the Yoda speak or do you do a Yoda voice? Oh, I try to do the Yoda voice, which is kind of funny if he's like trying to buck me off or spook because mm-hmm. you're trying to do the whole thing. And right. it's sort of we're like, <laughs> you're Yoda from when he's when Luke freaks out and falls with him. <laughs> That's probably what I look like. But yes, I, I try to speak to him in Yoda voice. Like, you know, can we can, can we hear? Yeah, you know, you come on. You, it's out there on the silver platter. You got to give it to us. <laughs> it's like work ethic. You must have. <laughs> So, and Garrett, he tries to understand. He tries, you know. And then sometimes they're like, this is why you fail. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> this, that is why you fail. Uh, bless, bless his so he, heart. <laughs> he, it works very well for sports. Anyway, mm. there's my story for the day. Nice. Uh, Kay, three movie characters to join you for dinner? Uh, mine is a smart mouth, Lily Power dinner. And it has uh, Tracy Lord from the Philadelphia Story, Catherine Hepburn's character. Mm-hmm. Nora Charles from the Thin Man movies, mm-hmm. which if you're watching old movies, that's a good You are place. an old soul, okay? I am. I love movies from the 30s and 40s. Um, and Leia Organa from a post-Return of the Jedi era. Oh. When she doesn't have to worry quite so much about war stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, apparently it went on for a while. Uh- <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but I think there was probably a little break where she wasn't as worried. Right, like the but, day or two after the Ewoks. Yeah, yeah, yeah but you. you know, women who could banter with the best of them mm-hmm. and uh, but know a lot about life. Yeah. Well, um, I, that'd be fun. I want to come have a drink at that table. I know. I feel <laughs> like I just want to sit down. And be like, ladies, how we doing? How, how's it going tonight, ladies? Um, and they would all have a fast reaction to that, and I'd just be laughing. Uh-huh. <laughs> Which is why I said I just want to have a drink at that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, my problem is I get in awkward. I get in situations where I feel awkward, and I, and I make an idiot of myself. So it's like, hey, hey, ladies, how we doing? And then, <laughs> and then I get eviscerated. I'm like, all right, well, have a good night, everybody. <laughs> Ethan, three three people from the movies you'd want to have dinner with. Three people I'd want to have dinner with would be Luke Skywalker. Rocket Raccoon, and I wanted a Batman, but the only Batman I could think of that wouldn't, like, disappear would be the Adam West Batman, so I had to go with him. Well, nice. And let me tell you something, though. With the, with the, <laughs> with the Adam West Batman, you're going to get the complete opposite of what, uh, what Trisha was getting with having Ray at the table. He's going to make sure the manners are right. Yeah, with Adam West Batman, he, he would tell, like, a story about how he kicked the shark in the face with his shark repellent. And then Luke Skywalker's a Jedi, so maybe he'll give me some tips on using the Force. 
And lastly, Rocket Raccoon's uh, raccoon, so that would be nice. And maybe he'll try to steal Luke's lightsaber. Uh, yeah. or, I'd love to watch that. Or someone's prosthetic leg. Yeah, or that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we'll take Batman's batarang or belt. Um, mine are nowhere near as uh, well. Okay, I'm just going to say them. Uh, even and and the and the stipulation on this was they didn't have to originate in a movie, right? So they just have to have been. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So Superman, just because I I just think it'd be cool to sit down and have dinner with Superman, um, Uncle Buck, nice because you uh, be because he's like you know I it, think he's cooking our garbage. It'd be like having dinner with myself. Would um, you make giant pancakes? <laughs> Yeah, we both do that. Uh, listen, uh, when you watch Uncle Buck, you're basically watching Steve. Um, uh, or me. Yeah. I might like it more then. So, <laughs> see, I I, this is another one that I tried watching with him and he didn't he like just it. just turned his nose up, my lanta. And, and finally, Kermit the Frog. Yay. I would love to sit down and, and have dinner with Kermit. Um, you know, as long as he... Can Henson be there? Would Jim Henson be? Well, no, I'm thinking just yeah, would Kermit. Would you be like controlling Kermit? Or? Well, I'm just thinking Kermit, the character. I'm, I'm letting my imagination run away with me and just imagining that it's just Kermit. So I don't care who's under the table as long as he talks and sounds like <laughs> Kermit, you know? Why are there so many uh, songs? That was my runner-up for so, What Makes Me Cry. That's and another one that movie. makes me cry. Especially now that we know that Jim's not around anymore. Man. Yeah. I, dude, well, it's not a movie, but it's the it was the tribute they did to Jim Henson, mm-hmm. where the whole time they're just like going through different fan letters and learning about him, and Kermit's not really around until the very end. And oh my gosh, mm, I don't even want to talk about that one. I don't even want to talk about that one. Erish, where do you want to go next, sir? Let's jump to uh, let's jump to the genre or movie that you think people would be surprised to find you really love. All right. Well, then you answer that one first. Rom-coms. Uh, I'm oh, a my sucker. God. I'm Come a on, sucker. Eric. I'm a sucker for romantic comedies. <laughs> what? Any of those early Julia Roberts ones. I want to make uh, sure. I want to make when sure. When Harry met Sally, 10 Things I Hate About You. Like, I'm a sucker for those. I want to make sure that everyone heard Ethan's reaction. <laughs> He's 12, though. Like, he doesn't appreciate how good they are yet. He says, my God. When I'm older, I'll be watching horror movies or superheroes. Come on, Eric. Like women. He goes, not rom-coms. He goes, my God. My favorite, my favorite of them, and I want to see, Steve, if this registers with you, too, is Only the Lonely. No, I haven't seen that. With John Candy? I, oh my god! He got to play a romantic lead in this movie. Are you serious? Yeah, uh, he plays a Chicago a Chicago cop, mm-hmm. and uh, he falls in love with Ali Sheedy. Um, but his mother, who is played by Maureen O'Hara, like you know, because he's never really had a girlfriend or whatever, like he is always there. And she doesn't want to let him go, mm-hmm. and so she basically does everything that she can to make sure it doesn't work out for him. And it's it's a it, look. It's not the best movie in the world, but it's a fun movie. But for me, to see a big guy like John Candy get to play a romantic leading man role like that, just meant everything to me. It's one of my favorite rom coms. 
Steve, you should definitely check it out. I, I will. I listen, and just knowing that he's the lead, it will it'll probably make There's me. There's some great stuff in it, and he is fantastic. I I love John Candy. Love, love, love John Candy. I think that you know, obviously being a big guy, and Eris, you 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 know, I don't want to speak for you, but for me as a big guy, uh, I gravitated a lot toward John Candy later on, of course, mm-hmm. Chris Farley. But Candy just My name in college was Uncle Buck. They called me yeah. And he just has this way, he always had this way of not only being hilariously funny and the butt of the joke, but also just could turn it on a dime and and just make you cry with his you know, just the level of the pathos he could bring just to the he table. Be vulnerable. Yes. He was just amazing that way. Yeah. Um so yeah, I that I'd probably be changing my movies to scenes or movies that make me cry or my answer to that question if I watch that movie. I just imagine because I just absolutely adore John Candy and everything that he did. Um uh, Trisha, what genre or movie do you think people would be surprised to find out you really love? Did we lose Trisha? Hello. Trisha, you with us? I'm here. Okay. Can you hear me? Yeah. Sorry. Now we do. Yeah, there you All go. All right. Uh, I rant a lot about Zack Snyder. Mm-hmm. I rant a lot about Zack Snyder, but I really like Sucker Punch. Really? Mm-hmm. I felt Sucker Punched at the end of that movie. Is that why you didn't respond to me the other night after we were ranting about Zack Snyder? <laughs> no, I mean, it, well, 300's fine, and but yeah, no. I, I like, Sucker Punch is like this total existential, and it's not supposed to be B, it is kind of it's the same thing he did to, to Superman which I don't really like but for that for that movie I liked it I got it I got what he was doing mm. and I enjoyed it so um, okay. I know uh, people would be like what because they always hear me ranting on Zack Snyder so anyway. interesting yeah there's there's my confession Ethan movie or genre that people would be surprised to find out you like the last show I was on I kind of mentioned it um I like horror movies. My God, come on, Ethan. <laughs> yeah, it's it's supposed to be something that people are surprised to find out you like. Well, I don't really know. Like, I like action movies. I like superheroes. I was I was just picking. Really on... surprised one would be horror. Yeah, I was just picking on you, buddy. I was just throwing it back over the the net after what you said to Erish a while ago, which owned me, by the way. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, what kind of horror movies are you into? Like the old school. When I think horror movies, the first thing that pops in my mind are Jason, Freddy, Michael Myers. That's not what you're talking about, though, is it? Uh, I don't like the horror movies where it's just like the stupid ones like Luigi. I heard about that movie mm-hmm. last year. That seems to be horrible. I do like the Michael Myers and Jason. Oh, good. Ones. Okay, cool. I also like some exorcism movies, like with The Conjuring. Mm-hmm. I also saw The Visit. Oh, you finally did get to see it? Yeah, it was actually really funny. Oh, okay. <laughs> see, that's what trips me out about. The, he watches these horror movies and he winds up laughing at most of it. Hmm. And I'd just be like freaked out. I can't even watch, like there's this new one, like The Boy or The Toy or whatever. Oh, yeah. Like, I can't even watch the commercial for that because it's a freaking little weird doll and it freaks me out. I, uh, 
I'm scared of Ethan now. <laughs> I'm just just putting that the only out there. horror movie that will like. Well, I'm afraid of the Conjuring a little bit, but Michael Myers that series that scares me the most. I don't like Michael Myers. Well, I like him, but he scares me. Mm. He is. Listen, yeah. that first Halloween, not the not the remake, mind you. I'm talking the original. The is, original is one of the scariest movies of all time. They do with Michael Myers what Spielberg did with Jaws, and it works. Uh, Kay, the music too. Yeah, all oh, the music is like the greatest scary movie music of all time. Uh, don't, uh, uh, guys, I'm at home by myself right now. Uh, <laughs> Kay, genre or movie that people would be surprised to find out you like? I think I think we kind of revealed it here. The 30s and 40s movies, mostly the comedies, but I also like the dramas too. Mm-hmm. Um, like the the whole Thin Man movie series, which is funny because. The first movie, it's um, it's a a man who used to be a police detective, and then he marries this wealthy woman, and so he stops being a police detective, mm-hmm. and he gets sucked back into solving mysteries again. Mm. Um, and she, she's she's the one that I wanted at my dinner table, um, because mm. she she'll come with him and she'll discover things before he does, and uh, even though he spent all this time being a detective, but they have just such witty funny lines they're like they're back and forth like he has um after this one incident where someone pulled a gun on him the the next day he's reading the paper and he's like i'm a hero i was shot twice in the tribune and she said i read where you were shot five times in the tabloids and he says it's not true he didn't come anywhere near my tabloids oh (laughs) all right well (laughs) sometimes some of the Sometimes the stuff that comes out of their mouths you just don't expect from mm. that time period. It's pretty funny. And I'm going to I'm gonna snowball off of that and just make it a quick announcement. Guys, we're halfway to our goal of $3,000. Yes! Geekoutonline.com slash cure. We're at $1,510 donated. Timpani, Steve. So uh, do what's that? Timpani. Timpanies. Anyhow, uh, so thanks to everyone. Continue, guys, to tweet about this. Put it up on your Facebook. Put the link to the First Giving page. Put the link to the Mixler page. Let people know what we're doing and that it's for a good cause. And let's, uh, we've got uh, probably about five, six more hours of us going to be doing this. Not, not everyone here right now, but with the, with the marathon. So let people know what's happening and, uh, and continue to give so that we can um, hit that goal of $3,000. Man, we are already past last year's goal. Uh, which took us last year. We, it wasn't until almost midnight that we'd gotten to this this far. So, thank you everyone so much for giving, and uh, appreciate it. And and keep telling people to do so. Um, <clears throat> Your surprise, Steve. My surprise. I mentioned it earlier. I'm I'm just going to go with a movie because I don't. When it comes to genre, I can't say that I really love the rom-coms necessarily. Which I think that would be the one that would surprise people if I did. There are a lot of romantic comedies that I do like. Um, but the movie that I think people are surprised to find out that I really love Superman three is Superman four, the quest for peace. Uh, this is one of the most horrible movies ever made. Uh, it, it truly Why do you is like it? because I'm so sentimentally attached to it. I was 10 years old when the movie came out and it was a rare thing for me, for any of us kids, because we had kind of a large family. There were five kids. Uh, it was a rare thing for any of us to get to do anything with our parents with just us and the parent. And my dad took me, just me and my dad, to go see this movie. And so it still has a really sentimental place in my heart for that reason. But also um, because it was Superman. 
and and I've just always loved Superman and and it wasn't the first Superman movie I saw in the theater, but it was for me. It was this moment of not as a kid not really understanding why a movie might be good or bad. I recognized that the effects were off and they didn't quite do the effects right and everything. But it had also been, you know, four years or so since uh, since Superman 3. And, and it felt like a return of Superman to the movie theater. And, um, and, and it has some good... When you go back now, when I watch it now, there's heart to it that just did not... It was covered up, and so there's so there's a lot good about it that just gets messed up because of the effects or because of a weak story, but there are moments of just pure heart in that movie that I that I love, and so yeah, people find out they they're surprised when I say I do really like that movie that it's something I really enjoy. Um, so uh, I want to jump to this one. Do you have a kryptonite? Speaking of Superman, ah, so come ride with me on my Segway, gang. Uh, <laughs> Do you have a kryptonite movie, and what is it? In other words, it's the movie that if you're flipping channels, you just can't help, and it's on, you can't help but watch it. Uh, Derek, you didn't show me this question. Uh Uh-oh. Yeah, I did. You did? Yeah, I'm pretty sure I did. Yeah. Yeah, if everybody else got it, you got it. (laughs) All right. Kryptonite movie? Yeah, go ahead, Ethan. Do you know one off the top of your head? Uh, if there's a movie I tried to like hate, no, try to stay away from. No, 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 it's no, a movie no, no. That If you're if you're changing the channels on the TV and you see that it's on, you have to stop and watch it. You can't, like, you're powerless against it. Oh, uh, you can come back to me. Okay. okay. All right, Steve. Why don't you go first on this? All right, one? I'll do that. I, there are several. There are so many, but I I will say that Shawshank Redemption. Oh, is, yeah. is that for me it doesn't matter what point it is in the movie i just i end up just watching it uh that and uh old brother where art thou are two movies that i just can't and it's not that i particularly i would never put them on a list of favorites i know they're great movies both of them for different reasons but and for both of them for different reasons i can't help but just sit and watch once they're on um it, yeah that yeah they they they're kryptonite movies to me trisha all right, Top Gun. If it if I go by it, I gotta stop. <laughs> that that one just it, I don't know why I can watch it a gazillion times. And Legends of the Fall, which luckily hasn't been on TV a lot recently, luckily it all the time. And I that gets sucked up watching that. Now, Trisha, I need you. I need to. I need to. I need you to be honest with me here. Do you stop and watch Top Gun? Gun hoping that uh, that you're gonna. See a bunch of guys out in the sand playing volleyball. Playing, playing with the boys. I have to admit that that, that does, um, it's extra incentive. But when I, I was in high school when that came out, I went, I went to the Naval um, Academy t- table to give them my, um, I wanted to be, go to the Naval Academy. I want to be a Naval Aviator. That's what I wanted to do. So, it fascinated me, just the whole job and the careers. It ended up being that they said, oh, no, you're a lady. You can't do that. So, oh. um, And a woman of my generation ended up, my age, ended up being the first naval aviator. Mm. So that was in that age. But, yeah, it doesn't hurt that beach volleyball. Yeah, well, listen. And Kenny Loggins, ladies and gentlemen, I mean, the voice of the 80s? Maybe. Just maybe. The voice of 80s cinema, at least. Caddyshack. Yes. Footloose. 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 Yep. Um... No, the uh, the my story, Top Gun. I remember 
my sister had some friends over. They'd rented it and watched it, and you know, I was sitting there watching it with them. And one of her friends was like, "You know what? If I was ever a pilot, my code name would be your mama." <laughs> <laughs> and that always stuck with me. I stole that from him, and I have used that joke repeatedly. And it's not mine. I stole it years ago, but it was so good. Um, <clears throat> Eris, you got a kryptonite movie? I, you know, it, I got a bunch. It kind of, uh, it, it's sort of almost seasonal. It's like whatever's hit cable mm-hmm. recently, but Pitch Perfect was a major kryptonite one for me. Mm. I just, I could not help but watch that movie anytime I came across it. Um, definitely Lost in Translation is one. Um, I love that movie. And, and, and it's one of those where it's like, oh, I got to watch it until this scene. Mm-hmm. Um, the Bill Murray karaoke scene. Like, I have to watch it until that scene. Um, right now, Guardians of the Galaxy. You know, I yeah. I, yeah. Flipped, I wound up watching it a couple times today just for like a few minutes nice. here and there. Yeah. So I was flipping the channels and it was on. Hmm. So. Well. Okay. Raiders of the Lost Ark. Oh, my gosh. Uh, yes. I put yes. it. I'm. I'm working on a costume and I put it on. This was a couple months ago I started and I put it on to double check something on one of the costumes and I had to watch the whole rest of it. <laughs> Love Wait, it. What costume are you working on? I'm making a Marion costume, her second costume. Is that the, the one classic with like one? The, the red pants and the, yeah. the white yeah. shirt? Awesome. Man, look at you. Just crafty and so impressive. <laughs> awesome. Man. Uh, Ethan, we're going to swing back around to you. You got one, buddy? I think some people are going to hate me for this, but my kryptonite movie is Grown Ups. <laughs> nice. I've not seen the Grown Ups. With the, that's Adam Sandler and Kevin James. and Yeah, it's that big get-together of mm-hmm. Adam Sandler, Kevin James, David Spade, or whatever. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're, 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 you're spot on. Listen, but, yeah. go ahead. Well, that's pretty much all I have to say. Okay. <laughs> I'll watch it, any scene in the movie, really. Mm-hmm. But yeah, any any of the old, especially the old Adam Sandler movies, I'll sit and watch uh, when I see the. I movie. love Happy Gilmore. Happy Gilmore. Oh yeah, now that I think about it, maybe Happy Gilmore. Mm-hmm. I also love the Wedding Singer. Yes. I mean, dang, what a movie! That falls into my rom coms. Yeah. Uh it is a sweet moment when he comes back there on that plane singing to her. Bless. I just love Billy Idol standing up going, right! <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. Uh, some people were um, were playing along a little bit in the in the chat with that one. Any of the Back to the Future Ghostbusters movies? Um, Step Brothers. I also consider Jurassic Park, so. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 I don't know why I didn't pick that, actually. No, I changed my mind. Jurassic Park. Okay. <laughs> Take that back. That okay, you got it. Before Jurassic World came out, NBC on a Friday night played Jurassic Park. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it wound up being so much fun because so many of us were just tweeting along to it. Mm-hmm. And it just it was such a blast to watch it because you felt like you were watching it with like you know all your close friends and everybody was just. You know, a lot of Malcolm, Ian Malcolm jokes and stuff like that. But it was a blast. And, like, I wish, like, they would do stuff like that more often. Make it, like, a Friday night movie night and show classics, like, 
Back to the Future and stuff like that, and yeah. encourage people to tweet along with it. Yeah, that'd be a great. That is that would be great. A uh, couple of other things from the chat here. People just drop in their uh, their favorites um, or their Kryptonite movies. Blues Brothers, uh, Catch Me If You Can. Um, oh, I love Catch Me. <clears throat> Yeah. The Rock and Con Air, mm-hmm. uh, Tommy Boy, Braveheart. Bees! Bees! bees. Get them off, bees. bees! Alex Eubank says Crocodile Dundee 2. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, Major League. That's a movie that... Yeah. I, that's another... I will. I will. Um, that's, a, that's a fun movie. Uh, I just always dreamed of walking out to screaming crowds with, with some awesome rock anthem playing, whether it's Wild Thing or anything. So, um, sounds like a great Goldiverse so, idea. Friday night movies. So, all right. Well, uh, guys, we've been going at this now for about an hour and a half. So, uh, I'm going to... How much, how much time do we have left? Uh, we, can, we can go a few more minutes. Is there right. is there one is there one more you want to catch before we wrap it up? Yeah, I think number fifteen would be interesting, and then let's end with number twenty. Okay, all right. Um, so pick a character and insert them into another movie. What happens? Wow. All right, uh, Trisha, let's start with you. I'm going to put Joy from Inside Out into Man of Steel and <laughs> and make it a completely better movie. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> He'll turn his frown upside down and make him smile. Mm. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> oh, bless your heart, Trisha. Tr- let me ask you something, Trisha. Do you love Superman? I love Superman. Okay. I, yes. I, and, and Yes, I love Superman. I do. And, so. and is that where your dislike for Man of Steel comes from? I utterly does not understand the character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Uh, listen, I'm I'm on board. I've gotten taken to task because I've been told that every time we get on the show, we we bash Man of Steel, is what I've now been told uh, by someone. I wish these guys would quit making, you know, would start saying something positive about Man of Steel. Uh, Make a good <coughs> Superman movie, and then we'll will. Yeah. Uh, so Trisha, let me ask you. I'm sorry to to go off go off question here. What do you think of Superman Returns? It's one of my favorite movies. Oh my gosh, Trisha, we're like getting to be best friends. I know over you here. like Smallville too, which is one of my favorite shows. Oh, Trisha, I was on the number one Smallville podcast on the internet. I know you were. So, <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> if I may brag a little bit. Oh, by the way, guys, if you haven't, if you're not watching The Flash, you should be. Yes. And yes. if and if you and mi- Supergirl and, and, Arrow, yes. and Legends of Tomorrow, but if what? you. Monday through Thursday, it's just a cool DC show every night. That's right. And if you miss if you miss this past week's episode of Flash, check out that villain's name when you get a chance to watch it. Completely, it completely slipped my mind. Yeah, I watched Uh, it last night. Damn it. Yeah, Russell Glosson. How does that slip your mind when (laughs) Glosson's right in your face? Uh, I was paying attention to the fact that he was the turtle. Yeah. Well, listen, I I feel that's a shout out to me as well. Yeah, I was just going to ask. That's a shout out to me and Derek as well. Um, When he says, when there's a point where Barry says, how did everyone know about Glosson before I did? I want to get that soundbite or video clip and isolate it and send it to Grant Gustin and be like, because you've never listened to my show. (laughs) (laughs) So... um, but yeah, Trisha, I loved Smallville. Still do. I love that show. I'm so excited. Brandon Roth is back in DC, and mm-hmm. he's practically 
be he's practically Superman except he's in a super suit. That's right. He's he's, he's awesome as Ray Palmer too. Yes, he he's is. He's so good. He's just such a good guy. Period. Like, Legends of Tomorrow was I I I dug it. So I when it got to the end, I was like, oh, that was rough. But I see what they were doing with the character, so I I encourage people to mm-hmm. check it out if they didn't. Rory as uh, Rip Hunter mm-hmm. is pretty cool. I think it's funny that he's basically playing a time lord. Yes. After being a companion for so long. Um, so anyhow, all right. So that's a Trisha well played on Thank you. On Joy in that. Uh, Ethan, you got a character to insert into another movie, and what happens? Um. I'm going to add a little humor to Christopher Nolan's Dark Knight trilogy. Mm-hmm. I'm putting Paul Blart in as a police officer. <laughs> <laughs> well played, young man. I would pay so much money to see Paul Blart just wasting bullets on Joker thugs. <laughs> Maybe even trying to take down Bane. <laughs> you were born in the mall. Or you, you work in the mall. I was born there, Darth Vader breathing, Darth Vader breathing. I would have been walk when he could ride a shagway. <laughs> oh, yes. Perhaps they're wondering why a man would walk through the mall when he can ride a segway, Darth Vader breathing, Darth Vader breathing. <laughs> the price is rising. <laughs> That's beautiful. Well played. Erish? All right. The scene in Godfather where uh, Don Corleone sends Tom Hagen out to Hollywood mm-hmm. to talk to the movie producer to get the uh, to get Vince Fontana into the movie. Instead of sending Tom Hagen out there, he's going to send Chili Palmer out there from Get Shorty. Oh, nice! And then Chili will will get the guy the part, and he'll just stay out there because he likes Hollywood, and he'll start making movies. <laughs> nice, uh, Kay. So I want to take uh, Humphrey Bogart's Rick from Casablanca. Mm-hmm. And put him in Mad Max Fury Road. <laughs> wow. And what happens? Well, I think he would take the place of the guy with the metal nose. Mm. I haven't yeah, seen, I still haven't seen Fury Road. Be, like, just, but he would be more active. He'd be, he's, you know, the, like the jaded, tired of war guy. I You're think right. it would be an interesting to have someone in the bad guys group that's just sick of this whole thing. Scott Rifen, because I always connect everything to Star Wars, Scott Rifen made a point on, on the recent episode of Geek Out Loud uh, when we were doing the second Force Awakens commentary to hit the internet um, that Maz is basically Rick from Casablanca. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, that. I'm like, I was like, I'm completely sold on this character if I wasn't before. Um. <clears throat> So basically, I say put Ewoks in any movie and just watch the fun. <laughs> Doesn't matter what the movie is, throw an Ewok in there and see what happens. Uh, I, I think that Ewoks would only enhance any movie that they're in. So That's great. Minions. <laughs> well, no, just simple me. Put Ewoks and Minions together in a movie. Maybe nothing would get done. Little. Nothing would get done. Kay says nothing <laughs> would get done. <laughs> All right, finally, our, our final question. In honor of the one franchise we all equally love, do you prefer a good blaster by your side or an elegant weapon for a more civilized time? Erish. Uh, as cool as lightsabers are, I want a blaster. Uh, Kay. Blasters are probably more practical, but I want a lightsaber. Ethan. Lightsabers. 
Trisha. I'm not picking. I'm taking both. Oh. <laughs> I will not be well, bound by your rules. Yeah. <laughs> I will not be bound by your rules. Ray looked pretty cool with the blaster and a, and a lightsaber. Yeah. yeah. She did. Uh, or you could take Ezra's and then you have a blaster and, and a lightsaber together. Yeah. And a staple gun. That's <laughs> more unwieldy. So do what's that, Kay? And so that seems more unwieldy than having two separate. Ezra hmm. uh, does a pretty good job with it. I like the way he goes back and forth. Um, the way they animate him. I've, uh, thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. <laughs> he's not bad. He's just drawn that way. Um, <laughs> so, uh, I, I've, I would love to be able to say lightsaber. I'm just afraid I would cut every appendage off um, mm. if I had a lightsaber. So I'm just going to go blaster because I feel like it's safer for me to do that. Probably what I'd end up with is one of those staffs from Jabba's Palace. Like, this can't really do much damage. <laughs> so, have one of these, Rancor Keeper Steve. Uh, that, that's that's probably where I would fall in uh, with all that. Guys, uh, so much fun. Such a good time. Thank you guys so much for, for being on and um, and just having some fun, talking some movies and talking some movie questions. Arish, thank you for coming up with all this stuff. My pleasure. This was a blast. And, uh, and thank you to uh, Trisha and Kay and Ethan for coming on. Yes, sir. Yeah, thank you guys so much. So uh, excited to have you guys pass the corn with us. Indeed, indeed. Trisha, uh, where where can people find you online and, and, and look at uh, every all your ramblings and musings that you have to, to give to us? Rambling and Musings on Fangirl Blog. I'm at Fangirl Cantina on Twitter. Our latest episode of Fangirls Going Rogue just went up. It's an awesome discussion about Ray and Ray and Ray. And uh, Hyperspace Series, the podcast I have with Kay and BJ Priester, will be up on Monday also. And we talk about storytelling in the First Order and uh, Han Solo. So, hmm. good discussion. Um, <clears throat> Kay, what about yourself? Also find me on fangirlblog.com, and uh, I'm on Twitter at geek underscore K-A-Y. Oh, geek K. There it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, Arish, anything you got to plug or, or tell us about it all? Oh, there's so much I wish I could tell you about, but <laughs> well, soon. I, you know me. Well, look, you know me. I'm not going to push you. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm going to plug Ethan. Oh. Ethan's got, he has started a blog. Yeah. Um. Uh, well, you tell them what you blog about. Um, it's my blog is called Kids Geek News and Spoilers. It's basically in the title. I have some geek news, some theories, a little bit of spoilers. So, yeah. Tell them your tell them your theory on uh, Suicide Squad and Joker. Oh uh, so yeah, I, think I came brilliant. up with a theory that to support the theory that the Joker is Jason Todd. There's been a new poster release. And Joker's mouth it looks exactly like the logo of the Red Hood. So, oh, mm. well, look at you. Where? How can people find your blog? Um, I got it. It's the kids. Yeah, the kids geek news dot blogspot dot com. The kids geek news dot blogspot dot com. So all of you other people with links and podcasts and everything, go ahead and put that link up for my boy Ethan and run over there and check out what he's got. Leave leave encouraging comments, gang. And uh and support Ethan and what he's starting to do. Before you know it, Ethan's gonna be podcasting, I'm sure. Hope so. Hope so. <laughs> 
exactly. Do what now? It'd be nice. Yeah. Well, you know you're always welcome on the Geek Out Loud, Ethan. Thanks. As are you all. Kay, thank you so much. Trisha, thank you so much. Thank you. Erish, thank you so much, my friend. Erish did the lion's share of the work, guys, in putting these questions together and getting them to us, and I appreciate it uh, in, in a big, bad way. And thanks- Happy to help in an amazing cause, an amazing thing you're doing here today, my friend. Well, it's listen, it's the second annual. We're doing great, and I want to thank everyone who's given so far. Remember, if you're catching this via the podcast before January 31st of 2016, I don't know how long this will be on available mm-hmm. past that, but then you can still give geekoutonline.com slash cure geekoutonline.com slash cure that's where you want to go and if you're listening today uh you know and you and you're a card collector geekoutonline.com slash cure auction where one of our listeners has put up a great looking uh gold medallion captain phasma card from the force awakens top set uh all uh, 75 of what is raised in that auction will go uh, to cure so uh, add something cool to your collection one of only 50 and um, and get back and, and help out help the help the calls out as well halfway to our goal at this point I feel like we can go all the way thanks again to all our guests for Erish for Kay for Trisha for Ethan I'm Steve we'll see you next time on Geek Out Loud dance it out everybody she knows I feel If it takes all night, 